0: You are listening to Viva and Barnes, Law for the People, an American and Canadian lawyer breaking down the latest in the legal world in terms everyone can understand. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it the right-wing controlled Supreme Court, may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn (laughs) presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote, or even by the anachronistic electoral college. Well, anachronistic because they want to get rid of state that. Legislatures, many of them Republican controlled. Those
0: extreme. But there's also
1: good news in the face of this very real threat to democracy. Indivisible has launched Crush the Coup <laughs> to make sure we're Crush ready to defend democracy in 2024. Crush the Coup.
0: They've put together
1: a list of critical races in six key states and how you can get involved. Can we we? support Crush the Coup? Crush the Coup. To Indivisible. The left can't mean and they
0: can't come up with a name. Crush the Coup? Why don't you make it sound more like something I make in the toilet in the morning? Crush the Coup. Crush the Coup.
1: And state legislature candidates... Each of these races is highly competitive.
0: She's staring and your- right down into the look at that, my goodness, staring into the pits of your soul, and she's sucking it out. She's she's sucking your soul out right there. Oh my goodness. Oh my look, that that you've been a bad boy, everybody. You have not been crew crushing now, have you?
1: And your dollars could very well decide the winners i'm asking you one more time
0: to give me money and
1: the winner of the next presidential election to overturn yes you heard me that to rule they're not making a secret to literal opponents certainly are right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election
0: clip it that was hillary clinton I think, I think I got the right mic now. Let me make sure that I got the right mic. That was Hillary Clinton engaging in some of that their election denial. Hillary Clinton is a conspiracy theory pushing election denier. And she's an election denier predictor. She's a predictive election denier. She's an election denier. Per- you know what I'm getting at. People, you might notice a couple of things here. Let me just start off by saying, okay, I've got the correct microphone at this point in time, correct? Okay. You may notice a couple of things different. I am an idiot. Oh, I don't think the echo is bad because I've got the mats on the ground, but I've gone back to the old backdrop, but I've moved off of the backdrop to create space, create depth, and I've put the camera not on my computer anymore so it won't jiggle. I mean, it only takes seven years to learn these lessons because I'm an idiot. Um, before we get into it, let me make sure that we're live on Rumble. I, uh, unfortunately can't access my Twitter feed, because I've been locked out of my account. Just so pathetic, KB724, it says in the Rumble rant on Rumble. Before we get into all of it, standard disclaimers, YouTube takes 30% of all Super Chats. For those of you who choose to support the channel through Super Chats, YouTube takes 30% of this. If you don't like that, and you want to support the channel, Rumble, where we are simultaneously streaming, and in fact, where we will go over to exclusively, at about the 30 minute mark, because Rumble good, YouTube not good. Um, Rumble has Rumble Rants, they take 20%. You can feel better, we the creator get more, and you are supporting a platform that supports free speech, unlike YouTube. And now Twitter, those bastards. Um, no, No medical information. No election fortification um, advice, no legal advice, but we're going to talk about some Shia tonight, people, that has hit the fan, and you can't ask questions anymore. You can't ask questions. We'll get into it. What a joke. All these debates, all the Dems are the same. What a joke is, um, Fetterman is not a joke. Fetterman is is a very sad situation. He needs family to take care of him, and not exploit him. Whatever, we talked about that. We might get into it again tonight. Have a good, good live stream, all. I am off to a church celebration, but we'll, of course, watch this later. Nothing but good topics, I think. Tonight is good stuff. I mean, the story heard around the world. And uh, it's it's not a question. There's there's no joy in the story. Someone, you know, got assaulted, but how? The details are scant, and the details are curious. Uh, Did Rittenhouse correct Mark? His territory. Did Rittenhouse correctly mark his territory as per daily instruction? I don't get the chat, but I thank you for it. Um, all right, I'll read one more chat and then I'm going to, still lots of echo. Okay, Hold on just one second, hold on. I'm gonna put up the mat. Okay, g- g- give me 50 seconds. go. That should be better. We see the mat? Let's just do that. Okay. Is that better? That's better. You can hear it. Okay. That should be better. Is that, is that better, people? And I don't think it's the mic. I think it's just the way I set up the room when I was USB live. It's no because it's a problem with the mic it, it has been a mic issue the entire time I'm not rebooting this goddamn computer. Okay, now, now it's gonna have gotten better for two reasons. My apologies everybody I'm an idiot. I, I went from using the, the the Mac built-in mic To using the the the, the, the camera mic which I've never used before there's a $5 super chat from Lander15 says, your audio is horrible. I think I fixed it. Is it, is it better now? I think we fixed it. I, I want to pretend that these are things that I do on purpose to, to like make people, to generate... <laughs> okay. is, is it better now? Sorry about that, everyone. It's a good thing I didn't get into my, um, my Twitter extravaganza. Wrong mic, wrong mic, wrong mic. Mic is not on. Viva, it's not the mic. Panicked. You are not using the correct mic. Mike is wrong. (laughs) You might see me sweating through my shirt again, everybody. My New Zealand bank won't let me rumble rant, but it will let me super chat. So we'll give you a couple of bucks here. See you on rumble. Thank you very much, Jenny Partridge. And look at that beautiful dog staring at the frog. Mic is off. Let me just go to the bottom and say, got it. Ah, okay. Jeez Louise. Oh, Lord, gotta get out, gotta get here with that hair. I'm married. <laughs> okay, sorry, thank you. W- one of these days, I'll get it smooth. Can you do a segment on the big chess lawsuit, Hans Niemann versus Magnus Carlsen, et cetera? Absolutely, I'll do that this week. That's fantastic, and I know what's going on. That is one, I haven't, I haven't read the lawsuit, but I can imagine in the game of chess, accusing your opponents of cheating is a highly defamatory statement. You know, my, my grandmother, God bless her soul, got accused of cheating at golf, was, was, was banned from golf courses because she cheated at golf. But, you know, when you're a 75-year-old lady in, um, I think it was Century Village or maybe Fort Lauderdale, uh, you know, being accused of cheating or in fact cheating, but let's just say being accused of cheating, not a big deal. When you're a chess player and opponents might believe that you're cheating or you are in fact cheating, but someone accuses you of cheating, much more serious. I think it's some obscene amount, like $250 million, but whatever. How does one cheat at chess? So the idea is that he might be getting, you know, like the same way, um, oh, it's Postin? Postin? The, the, the the poker cheating thing. Getting information, having people play virtual games, hook up computers, run, you know, a scan of all of Magnus Carlsen's chess games so that you can respond to his moves in real time. So it involves real-time communication, but there, there is a way to cheat at chess. What was the guy's name? The guy who cheated, at, uh, allegedly cheated at poker. It started with his starting name with start with a P. That doesn't matter. Mike Postle, Thank you very much. All right. So, anyways, tonight, big stuff. Uh, TikTok lawsuits, Chinese detention centers across the world. Paul Pelosi, the story heard around the world. Elon Musk buying Twitter. Elon Musk's tweet at Hillary Clinton, which he then subsequently deleted. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Elon's response to it, Elon's response to attacks should be, is it because I'm from Africa? Okay, so let me just tell you what's going on uh, with with me. I have been locked out of my Twitter feed uh, because I allegedly posted a tweet that allegedly broke one of the rules of Twitter. Which rule is it? Who the hell knows? They don't tell you. What should you do? Delete the tweet, and it's uh, an admission. It's an admission of wrongdoing that I broke the rules. I don't know which rule I broke, allegedly, because they don't tell you when they, ban- when they lock you out of your account. All that I can tell you is this was the tweet. I'll get into this just a touch before Barnes gets in here, because I don't want to talk too much about the Pelosi incident without Barnes. There's this individual named Matt Gertz, uh, he's a reporter put out a 16 thread tweet with himself about now a whole bunch of right-wing Republican extremists, whatever are going to believe a whacked out conspiracy theory because Elon Musk put out a tweet uh, that said, you know, there might be more to this story linking to an article in the Santa Monica observer, which might be a, uh, I won't say misinformation website. It might be an entertainment website, An um, National, not National Geographic, not National Lampoon's, National Enquirer. It might be, you know, it might be a National Enquirer type. In 2016, the Santa Monica Observer and the same journalist who wrote the, the piece that Elon Musk links to wrote a piece that Hillary Clinton died in 2016. And it's a body double that has since been replaced for her. Some people might believe it. I don't judge him. Everyone's entitled to believe what they want to believe and if it doesn't hurt other people in a meaningful sense, not in a how dare you say that sense. The guy puts out a 16 thread tweet with himself, how cra- people are going to believe this crazy conspiracy theory and it go- just, you know, tweets, replies to himself, replies to himself, replies to himself. I had responded to him two times before in two separate, two separate tweets and then I just retweet his tweet and I say, a 16 tweet thread with himself explaining everything that happened before police release body cam footage or disclose where they found the clothing, because that's what I want to know. And Matt Gertz accuses others of conspiracy theory disinformation. Massive events will generate massive discussion, period. And my punctuation was correct. It was the next sentence. It's, it was clear. That's my tweet. That's my tweet. Violating one of our rules. This happened, by the way, the tweet got flagged at 425 Eastern Eastern time. Um, And the tweet, I published the tweet at 425. It was within 30 seconds, maybe within a minute. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's the tweet. Anyone want to take a wild guess as to what rule that can possibly in any realm of the universe violate? I'm I'm open to rec- I'm open to suggestions. So it says, um, hold on. It says, what What do you do? What can you do? Well, you can delete the tweet by clicking delete. You acknowledge that your tweet violated the Twitter rules. I don't have enough middle fingers to say um, how I feel about that recommendation. We uh, we, we 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 interviewed James O'Keefe. And he said, you know, the biggest mistake of his life or the thing that he regrets the most was having borne false witness to himself. Ordinarily, if I could see the tweet violating a rule, I might be inclined to delete it, not waste two hours or two days or whatever to get the account back. Load of crap. I'm not deleting that tweet. I'm not acknowledging that I broke any rules because that is um, something that, the powers that be will hold against you forever what's very interesting is how that tweet innocuous as it is cuz it's it's innocuous i'm not making any positive affirmations i'm not making any name calling harassment targeted doxing whatever it's 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 innocuous and pointing uh to the fact that uh you know in as much as someone wants to criticize elon musk for having shared an article which he might not really have known uh, what the Santa Monica Observer was, in as much as, you know, people want to float conspiracy theories, and I'm saying conspiracy theories, and we'll get into it when Barnes gets here. The idea that, you know, mainstream media within 24 hours, they don't even know where the guy's pants are. They can say that right-wing extremists, that this is the result of political rhetoric, right-wing, far-right political vitriol, Load of crap. Um, I I'm you know what, let's talk about it until Barnes gets here. Paul Pelosi uh, was apparently violently attacked by what is being described as an intruder into his house at two in the morning, who broke through a window with a hammer, allegedly, as the reports are currently going was heard saying, where's Nancy, where's Nancy, or is alleged to have said, where's Nancy, where's Nancy. Um, Paul Pelosi ends up in the hospital, allegedly with a fractured skull and I believe a broken bone on his arm or injuries to his arm, underwent surgery, is expected to make a full recovery. Um, Those are the initial details. Some are calling it an attempted political assassination. And then details come out that the... uh, individual there's a there was a a a police call placed where it's uh, the reporting person rp saying uh someone's in my house i don't know who he is but his name is david and he's a friend that that audio recording on the police uh police recording was actually from what i can tell deleted afterwards i'm gonna bring barnes in so that we can we can get it robert I, i sorry we have to start with the big one before we go I'll lay the facts down, then we're going to get into all of this. Uh, That that recording, dispatch, was deleted uh, from from the list, from the docket. Uh, The man was arrested, allegedly after having lunged at Paul Pelosi and struck him with a hammer, in his underwear. Allegedly, apparently, a third person opened the door to let the police in, and both the man and Paul Pelosi were uh, at least one was in their underwear both had hammers apparently but maybe it turns out that only paul had a hammer and the man grabbed the hammer from him um the man was in his underwear we don't know where his clothes are uh, we don't know who let the person in apparently the initial dispatch was a wellness check on paul pelosi uh and then it turns out that the assailants the accused still innocent you know legally innocent is a Berkeley resident, mentally unwell individual who had contacts with nudist individuals, himself was a nudist, hemp jewelry making individual who resided in Berkeley. He's in jail. Paul Pelosi has had a surgery uh, and is expected to make a full recovery. And people are running with, Robert, Robert, help the world make sense for us. Did I miss any salient facts or allegations? Because the facts are not yet known. The, The individual, 42 years old, Canadian from British Columbia moved to Berkeley, is clearly mentally unwell by all accounts. His girlfriend, Gypsy, something or other, is a nudist. Apparently, she's in jail. Allegedly, I, I'm not sure if we know the reasons for which she's in jail. The guy allegedly broke into Paul Pelosi's home at 240 or 2, whatever, in the morning, either in his underwear or got in his underwear afterwards. There was a wellness check. There was a call to the police Paul Pelosi said he was going to the bathroom got on his phone police were led in by a third party the man allegedly lunged at struck Paul Pelosi uh, and that's it did i miss any relevant facts there
2: well we don't know all the facts uh, there's some terrible memes in our lo- in our uh, in our live chat <laughs> at vivabarneslawattorneys.com uh visual images you won't be able to lock out anytime soon <laughs> the uh but yeah i mean uh, th- this story smelled like juicy Smoletss kind of story in other words that uh, not saying that Pelosi faked it it's just saying that the media narrative the Democratic narrative makes no sense so that the Democrats jumped on this story right away not as a problem of crime being epidemic in San Francisco which it is uh, not as some oddball incident but it clearly must be right wingers break into the house as an extension of January 6 to uh, to attack poor Paul Pelosi and it's like in San Francisco at 2:30 in the morning it's like i don't think so so uh then as harmie dillon pointed out and as others have pointed out there's intense security around pelosi's house uh almost all i mean she explained that it was tough to get service of process because of how uh, how intense the security is there's been no explanation about that there apparently is video camera tr- camera footage no, none of it has been released or disclosed there's been contradictory stories out of the San Francisco Police Department. The initial story was that there was a third person present. Now they're saying, no, there wasn't a third person present. But, I mean, uh, the wellness check thing doesn't make any sense. Why pol- uh, why somebody else would be in their underwear doesn't make any sense. Uh, the 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 only f- uh, footage we've seen of any glass being broken is the with the glasses coming out,
0: not going in. I'll say what I said about that theory is that, I mean, like I've never broken into a house before, but I can imagine if you smash a hammer through the glass, you can get it pointed through and then to pull it back, you can pull the window out. I can see that. that I wouldn't place too much weight on that. But, Robert, for people who are saying in response to the security query, people are saying, well, Nancy Pelosi was out of town. It's like the, the residence is not left unattended. Un- unsecured while Pelosi's out of town I mean people can yep. do a, a number of things to a property when Pelosi's out of town um, is that a wrong way to respond uh,
2: uh, I mean put it this way there's been no official confirmation that there was no security presence. right so um and, and the thing with the glass is the doors don't even match right the talk is that he, he broke into a sliding door the doors we've seen photos of glass footage are not sliding doors so was there something else going on I mean, all of it. And it's the same Paul Pelosi who was recently arrested for DUI. So the uh, so that, that there's a lot of anomalies with this story. The attempt by the media and by Democrats to try to blame this on on Republicans was it just immediately yeah, immediately. I mean, Bob Woodward embarrassing himself on national TV, suggesting this. I mean, what a la- what a lazy so-called investigative journalist. He's always really been a CIA boy, but that's another story for another day. The. Uh, Nothing about the story makes sense. Uh, so uh, at, at least it, uh, the media narrative makes no sense at all. The Democratic narrative makes no sense at all. Trying to blame this, uh, I mean, especially after the, there there was a Republican that was attacked by that man uh, who admitted he tried to run over him and kill him uh, because of, of politics. That story was buried. Well, this story is highlighted and the media's willingness to believe this nonsense is just that this is going to be an embarrassing story for the media. Glenn Greenwald was pointing out there's this huge problem. He goes first. So hold on. So a guy breaks into your house. He's attacking you. And then in the middle of it, he says, yeah, go ahead and take a bathroom break. And, and Green, Greenwald's like, mm, I don't think so.
0: It's it's all for the, the, my number one question. And I'm wondering if this is why I got locked out of my Twitter account. Where are his clothes? Like, he either is alleged to have gone from wherever he lived to Paul Pelosi's house in his underwear, get through whatever security they did or did not have, and if they didn't have, let them say it, break into the house in his underwear, and then look for Nancy Pelosi, allegedly violently attacked Paul, but, you know, Paul is, is so what? sneaky, he says, let me go to the bathroom, or he well, if- took his clothes off in the house. Then I got questions.
2: Now, and not only that, it it's not clear when the assault actually took place because at least the police report seemed to suggest that it took place. was almost like when the cops arrive, yeah. that that they're 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 arguing over a hammer, and that uh, Paul Pelosi has the hammer, then the other guy has the hammer, and then the, the he attacks him in front of the police. I mean, nothing about this makes sense. Now, San Francisco is a notoriously corrupt town. Pelosi's have extraordinary political influence in that town. So I don't think anybody has confidence that we'll get an honest police report out of this uh, or that we'll get an honest investigation into this. The uh, But something is clearly way, way off. But the political narrative that this was a Democratic political thing is a uh, Republican attack is nonsense. I mean, they were trying to go through his blog and they just decided to ignore all the leftist stuff, all the BLM stuff, all the, uh, the, the, the nudist camp stuff, all that. There was even instructions apparently by the police to the press not to discuss the fact that he was the, the nudist guy that people actually were aware of um it's everything about this screams something else happened than the than the media democratic narrative coming out of it and my guess is it will be something embarrassing about paul pelosi
0: uh and i'll say this for everyone out there like this is a perfect example where one can uh, explain the different spectrum of of conspiracy theories. Some some might say, I don't know, I haven't heard this yet. That it just never happened. Paul's faking his injuries. Uh, by all accounts, he was legit injured, fractured skull. By all accounts, until that in the
2: hospital, etc.
0: So, uh, what was the? D- d- someone was raising and not an issue, but questions about the hospital that he went to. Had you heard that? that
2: I don't know about either. Okay. So, um, I mean, it's just a weird. Everything about it's a weird story uh, that suggests something else. Um, and you know, Elon Musk tweeted about it, but, and then I guess he took in response to Hillary Clinton and even though he owns Twitter, apparently he took down his own tweet and now Twitter trying to suppress the story. So we'll see how, it, uh, but it just, uh, well, this will be a test for Musk, uh, you know, Musk now that he owns Twitter, this is the kind of story that needs full vetting. Again, an investigative journalist from the leans left, Glenn Greenwald has said there's just huge flaws in this story. Uh, these are the, the things that require investigation because they're things that just don't add up. How how he broke in doesn't add up. Why is in his underwear doesn't add up. Why his clothes are gone doesn't add up. Why uh, Pelosi has the hammer at one point doesn't add up. Why pelosi's going to the bathroom to make the call before apparently the, 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 the
0: wellness place. the wellness check is the is the very wellness check
2: doesn't one. add up. None of it adds up. And I guess the the, the call has been leaked, but I haven't li- or at least but I haven't listened to it. But what we know is. There's got to be video footage around that home. And well, why isn't that video footage released yet? Something's on there that doesn't comport uh, with the official narrative.
0: There's a funny one that said, all 47 cameras malfunctioned, <laughs> case closed. Uh, apparently, the, the cops have body cam footage of the moment the uh, DePOP
2: uh, attacked. And you, you can't tell me the Pelosi home doesn't have security footage. Uh, there's, there's little, little chance of that. I mean, it's about yeah. one of the most secured homes in, in America. Uh, because of her political status and her proclivity for security so it's you combine the two
0: inconceivable but robert a lot of people are floating a name around that others might not be familiar with i am familiar with it ed buck do you want to give us the the, the so he, and he's
2: dirty? a guy democrats covered up for 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 a long time he would drug young black men uh and engage in abusive behavior towards them and some and several of them died uh when he drugged him i mean it was just another one of these sort of sick uh perverts that dominate the democratic party in california to be frank about it there's no other way to put it so the uh uh and and the media tried to cover for buck and democrats tried to cover for buck until too many dead people showed up um and so the uh th- that it had it, it was those kind of it has a weird component it may have a sexual subcomponent i mean something about it doesn't add up at all
0: we will see where it goes, but the, the the fun. We're gonna move over to rumble soon. But Robert, the other fun of the day. So Hillary puts out a tweet, blames it on rhetoric, right wing extremism. The same Hillary who says right wing extremists are literally going to steal the next election, and then goes on to blame it on the the Supreme Court justices, implying that they are also right wing extremists. Knowing what just happened with Kavanaugh, which was a legit overt, uh, you know, confirmed attempt, but. Elon Musk then says in response to that, "Eh, there might be some tiny, there might be a tiny bit more to the story, and links an article from the Santa Monica Observer. I suspect,
2: which by the way, I'm pretty sure the Santa Monica Observer is a a kind of a left leaning publication. Uh, I don't know the, the,
0: the the guy who wrote the article that 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 Musk tweeted. I forget his name now, but someone in the chat will know. He had also written an article in 2016 that Hillary Clinton had died and it's a body double. So, I you know I can see either he felt bad that he was perhaps making a joke about serious injury to Paul Pelosi, or he just didn't realize that maybe it's not even worth, sh- it's not even worth redirecting people to that website because it might be like a National Enquirer type thing. But he deleted sure. the tweet, which as I'm finding out now, is a re- it's an acknowledgement that you broke the rules or you did something bad. It's an admission of guilt that Elon should not have done, but maybe he has his reasons. Um, I'm, I'm still locked out of my Twitter account, Robert. I, I, I realize I couldn't care less about Twitter but I'm hell or high water not deleting that tweet. So, yeah. um, Robert, before we go over to Rumble, everyone, the link is there. It's, it's get ready to move on over. What do we have on the menu tonight? Bearing in mind, we're just not going to get through all of it.
2: Yeah, yeah the uh, the Chinese secret police issue that uh, that arose from a uh, an NGO's report. There's some controversies about that NGO, but. Uh, I put up their entire report. Their sourcing was was Chinese sources. So that'll be interesting to discuss what exactly is going on there. Uh, we have uh, vaccine case updates, Tyson, Pfizer, uh, New York, Italy. Uh, we have the uh, uh, a we have affirmative action is going to be up at the Supreme Court. We have uh, First Amendment cases concerning the rights to observe drop boxes. We have the RNC suing Google. We have TikTok escaping responsibility in a way that I hope will get ultimately overturned by the pending Supreme Court cases on the same issue. But it really highlights the significance of, of what this issue is about. I mean, TikTok basically helped kill kids. That's the short answer. The uh, and is getting away with it. Uh, we have someone who wasn't a cop who acted like a cop. Uh, Steve Leto called it the, the, the fake cop gets immunity, too um and it and and how the the federal courts just find every excuse in the world to uh, uh to give immunity to uh the political branches whether they're the federal government state government police or whomever um and uh and then another about half dozen or so uh cases of interest and
0: consequence
2: uh, across the country that developed over the past week
0: And I'll read these before everyone mosey on over. I see the numbers going down on YouTube, which is a good sign. The woke tech world has gone in overdrive to remove any political opposition from the internet in the last two weeks before the election. I just wonder if if Elon got a threat. Like, Elon, we're going to Alex Jones you if you don't take that down and apologize. We'll see. Rumble is working. So we're live on Rumble. There's over 10,000 people. LOL, just five, like when AOC was nearly killed at the Capitol. Where is she? Where is she? She has uh,
2: insights for us on inflation that she gave us this week. Oh, it turns out the government printing currency, printing money has nothing to do with it. Good, good, good to get that uh, uh, economics expertise from her.
0: The, 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 it's, it's, it's endless. Uh, has Trump disavowed the Pelosi attacker pride? I think that's a joke. Winston did it. No, he most certainly did not. All right. I see the democratic democratic trolls are out tonight. That's a good sign. That means they're subscribing at least. Um. Uh, what is that? I didn't even mean to bring that one up. Uh, what's this? Po- okay, I, I, <laughs> okay, this is. Uh, sorry, I don't. I'm not making light of. In, I'm more likely to believe this dude is a close but private friend of the Pelosi's.
2: He he publicly they've said he never knew him and never met him before, though it's not clear to me how exactly they confirm that because my understanding is he's in the hospital and 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 in surgery, so not in a place where he can confirm anything at the moment.
0: All right, people, that's it. Let's do it. Mosey on over. there. 6,556 people still here. We should see the number on Rumble go up to 17,000 in a few minutes. I'm going to end it on YouTube. And the first thing that we're going to talk about uh, is the election decision, which I'm going to post a clip to and put it here on YouTube afterwards because we are just talking lawsuits, not anything more. Removing in three. Oh, shoot, I did it too quickly. All right. Uh, let's let everyone trickle in here. Robert, um... You know, let, let's actually start with the TikTok one, because this is, this is where I read the decision. I, I, I can't even understand how the judge got to the conclusion based on the premises upon which that judge's conclusion was based. So the bottom line of this lawsuit uh, is that parents of deceased children who died doing some choke challenge, uh, bl- the blackout challenge, where they would strangulate themselves until losing consciousness as a this- Fucking challenge, Robert. I, it, it 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 hurts my stomach to think about these things. And as much as the the suicide kit story, they do these challenges m- like multiple, I, I, dozens of, of of young people, average age thirteen, died. Some as young as seven, eight. They hang themselves with a rope and 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 die doing a blackout challenge, which is algorithmically promoted to them. They don't know it exists until TikTok through its AI. Actively puts the idea, puts the trend, puts the challenge in front of their young eyes. Admittedly, parents need to be following this. I'm proud to say my, my, my kids are off TikTok, by the way. They're onto YouTube stories, which is just as bad, but a little better. Uh, parents sue, and the judge comes to the conclusion that Section 230 immunizes uh, TikTok. The judge acknowledges that it's not a question of TikTok removing content and then saying, don't sue me because I removed it. It's not a question of TikTok attempting to remove um, offending material, but not being held liable for that which they inadvertently or cannot remove in time or whatever. The judge notes the AI of TikTok promotes the story to the eyes of viewers and then says, but Section 230 immunizes them, so case dismissed. Uh, you know, have I, there, there's two aspects to the 230 immunity, and the judge got it wrong. I mean terribly what's what's your what's your position and and where does it go
2: so this is goes right to the issue that's pending before the u.s supreme court which was the origin of section 230 versus how judges have applied it in the 25 years plus since section 230 so section 230 originated because the wolf of wall street was suing either aol or prodigy or both because people on their message forums were publishing information he claimed was defamatory. He's laughed and later said, no, it wasn't defamatory. <laughs> it was all true. Just trying to keep the business alive while he could keep going, get get another load of quaaludes. Um, and so the uh uh, but it it enraged people that they that the Wolf of Wall Street was even allowed to sue Stratton, Stratton, well, whatever Stratton Oakmont, I believe is the name. The uh uh and the Wolf of Wall Street is to the book in the movie. Uh, I've, I've talked with Jordan Belfort, uh, the, a funny guy, a uh, very smart guy, you know, the, uh, has, has mostly uh, fixed a lot of things that used to be problematic for him after he served his time. But the, uh, the issue was they didn't want message boards to be held liable as publishers of information that was published by other people on those message boards. And the problem was becoming me- message boards were trying to edit some of that content prevent obscenity, pornography, stalking, harassment, even defamation, et cetera. And once they took an editorial step, courts were then saying, well, now you're a publisher and you're liable. And Congress didn't want that to be the case. They wanted robust debate to occur on the internet. So they said, just because you host a message board, even if you edit that message board, you will not be considered the legal publisher of any statement on that message board. That was it. And and it didn't go any further than that in the statute. However, courts interpreted it over time. What happened was big tech bought off a lot of big corporate law firms, bought off a lot of the legal academy, corrupted the legal academy, corrupted a lot of think tanks to where they were spewing even so-called libertarian think tanks and organizations and, and publications such that the Koch brothers were also complicit in this, such that they were taking section 230 and saying it's immunity for everything big tech does. Big tech lies, doesn't matter. They're immune. If, uh, if big tech is acting as both publisher and editor and printer and everything else doesn't matter. They're immune. If, uh, they, they misrepresent things, engage in fraud, engage in unequitable conduct, consumer fraud, immune, immune, immune. And one of the big ways that big tech, uh, does things, it's most co- Consequential action is its algorithmic manipulation of the content on its sites. So it deli- uses its algorithms to deliberately promote some content at the expense of others. And it often targets and tailors its content to uh, to particularly vulnerable audiences. So the, this is why the, the lawsuit up for the U.S. Supreme Court is about how big tech deliberately said who would be really good Or who would really be interested in – who would be a vulnerable, susceptible audience to terrorism and promoted ISIS videos to them? And this is Uh, another uh, – Amazon, of course, did it in the suicide kit context where they recommended the different products to be put together so that you could uh, commit suicide for for often also, again, underage people. In fact, their number one target group has often been young people, uh, kids and especially. And this is showing up in a wide range of literature. There's a movie a documentary called, the, the, I think it's called The Creepy Thin Line. Uh, there's some other ones out there where the engineers who designed a lot of this have come out and said this was a, what we did was wrong. This was a disaster. We're seeing it reflected most predominantly with young women. So if the Zoomer generation, for example, has a rate of self-harm uh, that is five times b- uh, higher than the norm. And what's only the only thing distinct about them for the most part is their exposure to social media. Uh, it girls, it hurts more than any other group. And so, here, what TikTok did is there was somebody who was promoting something that could, it could and often did cause death. And TikTok not only promoted it algorithmically, but promoted it to the most vulnerable, susceptible audiences in this case, young kids, uh, children, minors. And they knew they were doing this. And uh, and often like with Amazon, and the suicide kit case, like uh, the social media, both Google and Twitter and the terrorism cases uh, like as it happened in the child pornography context, they they are warned about this and they still don't fix it. They still don't remedy it because their profit is driven by eyeballs, by manipulating audiences, even if it's uh, a bad moral thing that they're doing. And they've been held. Uh, immune because of section 230 in the case before the u.s supreme court it's like this is way justice thomas raised this two years ago he said hold on a second section 230 was just supposed to be publisher immunity it was not supposed to interpret every single thing they do as publishing that you know algorithmic manipulation is not them being treated as a publisher for third-party purposes these are all different actions these are go beyond what would the intention uh was uh, same with their censorship and and other activities, and we'll talk about the you know how Google's manipulating gmail to suppress republican uh election participation in this election as an example the uh so the what the court got wrong is the court but the what the court did is what a bunch of courts have been doing and so this is why the supreme i'm glad Supreme Court took up those cases because they need to fix this and hopefully they will and recognize that section two thirty is not wholesale immunity. For anything and everything you do it is limited to the context of if a third party publishes something you're not liable for that if you took no other actions beyond editing your 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 content algorithmic manipulation is not publishing uh the that not within the meaning of section 230 and and that's this case reveals how severely damaging it has been but it's a reflection that the judiciary became co-opted by corporate counsel. A lot of them come from big corporate law firms. By the legal academy, a lot of them look to what the legal academy says about legal issues for their interpretation of information and and, uh, statutes, et cetera. The the think tanks, there was a co-option and corruption of the academy and of think tanks because of this. Not a surprise big corporate law firms were on that side because that's where the money was. But it's a a deeply disturbing example of why Section 230 has been misused and misapplied. And if the Supreme Court doesn't fix it or correct it, it will be left to Congress to do so.
0: Because and people have to appreciate that there's there's two aspects or two facets to Section 230 immunity. And one is that you're not liable for content that remains on the platform if you have protocols in force to try to remove illicit or whatever unlawful content. And the other is that you cannot be sued. But you cannot be sued by users for uh, actions you take as a result of moderating the content. Have I got the two aspects of it down right? No. Okay. And the
2: second is supposed
0: to have a good faith limitation that the courts have not enforced at all. A good faith, transparent, non non politically or ideologically motivated, whatever. Right. I, I just people have to appreciate like it, TikTok has an algorithm which it specifically creates to generate uh, put the content in front of the eyes that will consume it, so they can market it, so they can make money off of it. And they get immunity. I, I won't compare it to the Alex Jones because I think one is actually overtly wrong and the other is just tangentially, you know, maybe wrong. But, you know, a- Alex Jones, for the cut aspect of it, false statements made about a third party, not about a product, and then gets nailed for selling the product at the same time or marketing a product. And then TikTok algorithmically designs or designs this algorithm to deliberately do this for proper consumption, for mass consumption, knowing there's a problem, as did Amazon, and they get to wash their hands under Section 230 immunity. It's not a double standard. It's just uh, two sets of rules. Um, okay, Well, so, so, so the, the, the case is now the one about the terrorism against, um, was it Twitter? The one's it?
2: against Twitter and one's against Google.
0: You think that the Supreme Court will have the, the, the um, avenue through those two pending suits to resolve this issue?
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it, it is the issue. It, the question is how far does section two thirty go? because a few after Thomas wrote his uh concurrence kind of from a denial of a petition for cert, he laid out what he considered the problems and based on that, a few federal judges, including some left leaning federal judges like Burzon in, in California and maybe even potentially Kagan on the Supreme Court, have voiced uh sympathy with with that position uh and and the reason is because. This goes beyond political censorship. If it was just censoring the right wing, you probably wouldn't get many people on the left that would be concerned. But because this is badly impacting children, especially case after case after case is going through the court system. People are like, well, hold on a second, you know, that, that we may have misapplied. And because the statute was there's no legislative history that says the statute ever anticipated this. But you have a lot of fake scholars fake blogs. What I mean by fake is people who pretend to be doing independent objective analysis who are not. You, you dig in and you find out they're bought off by big tech almost without fail. All
0: right. We'll, we'll see where it goes. It's uh, t- tremendous. Uh, Robert, the Chinese detention centers. Um, I, I've, I've heard rumorings. You know, th- these have been going on in Canada for a little while. Are they, are they lawful? What's, what is going on? I mean, are these detention centers which are detaining Chinese nationals under Chinese law on Chinese embassy soil or on Canadian soil, U.S. soil. Uh, for those who have you know, not necessarily heard about this, uh, tell us what's going on.
2: So uh, it was based on a report from an NGO this month that uh, does have ties to the EU and the CIA and, and, and other organizations. So there's uh, at least, you know, there's some documentation of funding and issues and things like that. And the but so putting that aside, their sources, however, appear to all be Chinese governmental publications, statements or Chinese media, which uh, given it's the Chinese Communist Party dominates the media in China, m- it means it's a pretty reliable source in that sense of if it, if it's revealing something negative about the Chinese government. So uh, what appears to have happened is a couple of years ago, the Chinese started setting up uh, police Uh, operations overseas and the but they don't label it always that they've labeled it apparently internally that but externally they've put them as part of their joint front popular front kind of strategy which is to influence the opinion of uh, uh about china and in particular monitoring the behavior of chinese people outside of the region of china on paper they designed this to track fraud So that that was their official pretext was that they're trying to that the Chinese populace was being defrauded by a range of schemes uh, using the uh, online capabilities to do so and that they needed this mechanism and method to uh, monitor it. And as they call it, persuade people that are Chinese Americans to come back to China and confess to crimes and serve time and forfeit assets. Uh, there are examples of them catching people that they have evidence of fraud of doing that. The controversial part is that they haven't announced these as police units in, in the countries that they're located in. They have not gone through the regular police protocol. There's various information treaties, extradition treaties, and it appears they want to circumvent both. Uh, it also appears that they are tracking and surveilling dissidents. Uh, and trying to uh, and using uh, tracking their activities outside of China and in particular threatening uh, family members in China if they don't go along with this. And it apparently started with a project a few years ago that was purely domestic initially that they have now just exported, which is for, a form of North Korea does this all the time to the extreme uh, collective punishment of, of if you don't do what we want, your grandmother's going to lose her power. Uh, If you don't do what we want, uh, your kid can't enroll in school. Uh, If you don't do what we want, maybe uh, other benefits will be stripped from your family. Maybe they won't be able to travel, as an example. And so while uh, on paper, uh, you know, helping things with like getting your driver's license renewed, getting your passport or visa renewed, things of this nature. It appears that they've been up to other activities, according to this report. And it quoted a lot of Chinese government sources and Chinese press for this, because within China, at least they were bragging about this. See our ability to shape uh, uh, mostly as fraud recovery programs. Um, But the problem is this can easily be misused and abused for other purposes. And its most controversial aspect is they're not announcing these as police. Places they're not announcing, they're not cooperating under various information and extradition treaties. They're trying to circumvent extradition in many cases by basically persuading people to come home.
0: Well, I, I mean, we, we've seen Klaus Schwab, uh, you know, boasting about having penetrated half of the Canadian cabinet. Why would China not be boasting itself? And just in, in case, I think this is the right article. One of the right articles. This is from the Toronto Star. RCMP investigating China's police stations in quotes in Toronto region. China's embassy insists stations are just being run by warm-hearted people to help renew drivers' drivers' license, or with other services. Just, I think this should be right. The RCMP say they are investigating Chinese so-called police stations in the Greater Toronto Area after the station's existence was revealed by a human rights organization in a report last month. Um, it alleges that they're being used to harass and coerce Chinese citizens into returning to China for various reasons. So, just, just so everybody doesn't know this is nobody thinks that this is conspiracy theory this is the toronto star as mainstream as canadian media gets
2: yeah um i mean the timing is a little bit interesting so china those who support china uh allege that this is part of an ongoing western effort to be anti-china because of uh, hostility to xi and some of the west uh, by the george soros crowd and others and that's their uh uh and and that all may be true, too. The timing is a little bit peculiar in a certain sense, since apparently this has been active for four years. But it doesn't change the fact that Chinese-sourced information and Chinese-sourced uh, disclosures uh, say this is exactly what's going on. I can't get into it in detail, but I represented somebody years ago that was a, a, a Chinese citizen and a U.S. citizen the, uh, who uh, experienced exactly this. Uh, there were allegations against him in China. Uh, and he was persuaded to return to China. Uh, so I've seen this in live action. So there's no question that this is taking place. Uh, legally, they're kind of the issue is whether or not they're violating any international. The, the fact they've chosen not to utilize information and and uh, deportation and extradition protocols that require intergovernmental interaction is not probably by itself illegal. The question is, uh, is threatening somebody's family within China uh, that, uh, that, uh, that is a resident, legal resident of a foreign country, might that violate the laws under that country? There is also allegations that violate various UN conventions on various forms of uh, humane treatment and things of that nature. So the, uh, it, it, it definitely raises disturbing issues uh, concerning uh, what China is actually up to, given uh, and, some of the uh, allegations that go way beyond just trying to track fraudsters.
0: And this is not being done on, not that it would make much of a difference, it's not being done on Chinese embassy property. This is, you know, our, if, it's, if it's violating Canadian law, at the very least, there would be no diplomatic immunity argument. This is not being alleged to being conducted only in Chinese embassies.
2: No, I mean, they, they're a little unclear about that. So internally within China, they called these police stations. Externally, they didn't. And so they're claiming that they're just help groups. And to the extent they're aligned with the Chinese embassy, it raises issues of diplomatic immunity. Mm-hmm. But the, it's not clear that's what's happening. Uh, China has this United Front project that's very popular, front oriented. And you research that and they were clearly bragging about at various times, including Xi himself. Uh, controlling Chinese public opinion and public opinion of China outside of China, particularly amongst Chinese citizens that live outside of China. So, most a lot of the focus is to Southeast Asia, a little bit Turkey and UAE, but they've placed this all over the place Australia, Europe, the United States. It's a, there's a there's such a center in New York, for example,
0: big Chinatown in New York, too. Um, and of course, in Canada. Well, that's interesting. Uh, There was a $20 rumble rant, which I want to get to, not because of the quantum, just because it's actually timely. And I'm going to get to, if I don't read all the rumble rants tonight, we'll do what we did a while back. I'll read the ones tomorrow in a Locals exclusive. But this is MJ Keating, who says, what are your thoughts? And Robert, you'll you'll, you'll let us know what you think, although I know what you think. On Dr. Peter McCullough, one of the most prominent published and peer-reviewed doctors of our time being stripped of his medical credentials with no due process. Let me just use that as a window to say um, Dr. Malone is going to be coming. I, I think we almost have it booked uh, for Tuesday. Uh, I, I, I'm just waiting for confirmation, but Dr. Malone is going to be, we're going to do an interview uh, on this channel. It, it might be a daytime, three o'clock. But Robert, uh, knowing what you think about licensure, licensure uh, agencies and, you know, lawyers, licenses, doctors, et cetera, I, I won't ask you what you think, uh, I'll just ask you how, how this is happening systematically. I'm not. I'm not sure the details with with McCullough yet. But how is this happening? Will there be pushback? Will there be remedy?
2: So I, I think there's a suit pending in Texas, if I recall correctly, that we previously discussed that has implications here. Because what, what the problem is, credentialing agencies are generally private. The problem, though, is they have deep tie. For example, if you're not credentialed, often you can't get re- insurance reimbursement can't get placed into hospitals, et cetera. So, the, uh, uh, so that will be some of the issues. And as I recall, they argued collusion between the credentialing agencies and government agencies to constitute governmental action and some other, and violation of certain credentialing rules themselves. The, and, and that's becoming recurrent. They're using all forms of recognition, licensure, but some of these are not government, directly governmental oriented, but they've become institutionally critical. For your uh your ability to perform your job, so I mean, McCullough is one of the most well regarded, well respected medical people, but he's been uh, one of the strongest critics of a wide range of COVID responses, and so not a surprise that they've targeted him uh, to to uh, for his dissident speech. Uh, but it shows the problem with credentialing agencies, uh, and and I mean, if to give an example, it's applied in like real estate context, right? Where a wide range of context of private entities uh weaponizing politics to go after uh dissidents and so you see at the state level with all the licensure which is deeply problematic itself uh but now i mean we have a speech code case up before the third circuit where they're trying to ban lawyers from speaking out from saying things publicly it's now professional malpractice if they don't like your speech and it's, uh, you're seeing similar variations of it. it's the problem with licensure. Uh, and it's why I oppose licensure. I oppose credentials. I oppose all of it. But the uh, uh, McCullough is just the latest example of how corrupted those institutions have become because they, they found zero evidence of any elite medical malpractice at all. Any.
0: Well, it's not just that, um, you know, I, I don't want to put the juju out there, but doctors like McCullough and doctors like Malone and doctors like the, the ones who sounded the alarms from the beginning, it's not just that they have not been wrong; they were right well in advance, oh, yeah. and and what they what they predicted or what they were warning about at the time, for which they were, you know, chastised, deplatformed, unpersoned, has has actually by and large come to fruition, quite it, accurately. And it, it will
2: be a big test of Elon Musk at Twitter, not only the the Pelosi story and how that's handled on Twitter, but uh, particularly the the COVID critics who have been uh, systematically suppressed or removed entirely like Peter McCullough was like Robert Malone was like so many of these other prominent medical, Jordan Peterson, of course, um, medical or other uh, professionals. I mean, I I can say as soon as it was announced that Musk owned Twitter, suddenly you could find Barnes law on Twitter. (laughs) I mean, for a long time, you could type in Barnes law and I didn't appear. You could even type in my exact address and I didn't appear. Um, uh, people have been telling me for, uh, years now, actually that, you know, they can't find me or that they follow me and don't ever see any of my posts unless they find a way to go directly to my page. It's often difficult to get to the page. And so cat turd and some others, one of the funniest named Twitter (laughs) accounts of all time. Um, so not just Babylon B's reinstatement, uh, Alex Jones's reinstatement, people like that high profile political people that have been uh, suspended or barred from Twitter, but particularly some of these COVID health people. Now, what Musk has said is that he's forming a council. They're going to put in some protocols and, and, and get that done. Uh, it's clear that some, well, any, uh, story from the press that shadow banning wasn't happening was disproven right away Mm -hmm. because I went from, you know. Losing followers on a regular basis. People can't find me to suddenly find me suddenly seeing my tweets in their in their in their thread. Finally, uh, and all of a sudden, like gaining supporters all over the place. So the it just shows how much suppression they've been engaged in for so long. And so uh, it's a promising sign. It can't be frank. It's pretty hard for Twitter to get worse. Uh, (laughs) Promising sign that Musk will make it better. But how much better? We'll we'll see soon enough.
0: Well, and in fairness, so people don't accuse us of whatever. Musk says he hasn't changed anything yet. So it's unclear as to what's going on. Maybe so more-
2: Some people that got fired must have been the ones suppressing stuff. In other words, somebody was regularly going in and suppressing stuff for everybody to suddenly no. it, start I mean, getting followers again.
0: It's it's and, I, and I've noticed it's like every now and again, I'd find a tweet, uh, uh, one of my replies, and I forget how I would see that there was a response that I couldn't get to, that I couldn't visually see. And then I opened it, it says nothing to see here. So then I had to go open the link in an incognito to see who the nothing to see here was that had retweeted the tweet. And then it's an account. It's a legit, it's not, it's not a bot. It's not uh, someone who blocked me. It's someone who was just, I could not see their response in my own thread. And I had to go into incognito to to find an indirect way of getting there. Um, yeah, we'll see what's going on there.
2: Also, people were posting a lot of tweets that normally would get people suspended in the past that were not. Though, apparently- Somebody is trying to protect <laughs> Pelosi to block, to, well, to suspend your account.
0: I, I just the, the post millennial article is out. I, I linked it in um, in the chat. I haven't read it yet, but uh, everyone go put it on blast. It'll be it's an absolute. It's tag Elon
2: Musk because he's obviously <laughs> he, he, he reads a,
0: a good a, some number of these. Oh, he he's been so active. It's it's actually it's actually amazing to see how active he's been, and and, and you don't think that it's someone else managing his account, um, Robert. Let's get to some election stuff because I'm trying to make sense of what's going on in this and trying to piece this story together with other news that people are saying, pay attention to the guy, you, who just got arrested for other charges. It's all intertwined, yada, yada. Okay, there's a defamation computer hacking lawsuit uh, filed by an individual, a plaintiff named Koenig, who's suing the two people from True the Vote for defamation, uh, what else, Uh, computer fraud on the basis that these individuals somehow hacked some private information about the plaintiff Koenig as relates to uh, a- a- alleged fraud in the voter process. Uh, I, you'll have to you know, fill, fill me and fill the world in on the details, but the plaintiff is suing two individuals uh, from True the Vote. They claim that they're FBI informants or confidential informants and that they can't disclose the identity of uh, one of the individuals with whom they were acting in concert with respect to this whole plot, which was to hack the computers, find personal information that was allegedly used to out Koenig uh, that led to the harassment of the the CEO of the... Uh, I'll, get his, I'll get his name. And now they're on the verge of being held in in, in civil contempt and being in prison for not disclosing the name of their source. Help it make sense to someone who is not uh, thoroughly familiar with this law, with what's going on right now.
2: I mean, to me, it's abuse of contempt power because, uh, you know, so you have a uh, election company that was alleged to have ties to China that they had not disclosed. And so uh, uh, and so they sue to try to find out how these people purportedly, they sue them because they claim this never that they don't have any ties to China Um, and the or, or not the ties that were alleged. And the court grants an. I mean, you're, you're supposed to go through a process, you answer the complaint, you go to discovery, you go to motions to dismiss, et cetera, all that thrown out. And immediately the judge is demanding extraordinary disclosure of extraordinary information on pain of civil contempt right at the beginning of the case. So, I mean, this is irresponsible judicial behavior. Uh, this is an old Reagan appointee is the judge and uh, senior status. He actually said there's no higher security status, apparently, according to published reports. There's no higher security status than a federal judge. Really? Is this the same federal court system that just said they can't take a look at, and no other federal judge can take a look at those super secret classified files the F, the Fed stole from Trump?
0: I mean, see how hi- hypocritical this is? How completely contradictory well, I, this is? I, I read that where I, I did not know that judges had clearance. In, I mean, am I wrong? Did, do they have He doesn't. He doesn't.
2: <laughs> uh, th- there are certain circumstances where he has it, but to say he has the highest? No. And if that's the case, then did the 11th Circuit lie? Did the, uh, did the special master lie? Because that's a longstanding, uh, that's a FISA court judge, special master, who said, I can't look at anything classified. So who's telling the truth? This federal judge or the other federal judges? Because one of them is lying, flat out lying. Let, let, it tells me, you a lot about, sadly, federal courts.
0: Well, let No, me, no let me matter listen. who
2: appoints them. A lot of them are, are, are just not reliable.
0: Well, so this is this is the lawsuit that's that's currently underway is according to the defamation and computer fraud lawsuit Koenig filed. That's the plaintiff. The Chinese-American CEO. And this is what now I understand what people were emailing me about two weeks ago. uh, The founder, Eugene Yu and his family had to leave their home due to threats from True the Vote supporters after Phillips and uh, Engelbrecht. Those are the two defendants who, work for, who are for True the Vote, worked with Dinesh D'Souza on 2,000 Meals, spread lies at events, and on podcasts, the company is a vehicle for the Chinese Communist Party to manipulate U.S. elections. Allegations in a lawsuit, YouTube overlords. The same day Koenig sued, Hoyt, that's the judge, issued a temporary restraining order directing Phillips and Engelbrecht to identify each person involved in taking Koenig's data, that's on the substance. The saga took an unexpected twist, October 4th, when you was arrested by local police in Michigan, working with investigators from Los Angeles districts, and what was his, his business was fraud, I think. Um, well,
2: well, it turns out he does in fact have voter information located in China, which purportedly he said, which I guess he swore under oath previously he did not. So he's suing the truth the vote people saying, ah, these Chinese ties, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he ends up arrested. By a left wing uh, D.A. in L.A. because they find out, oh, yeah, he does, in fact, have uh, he's storing stuff in China.
0: Well, so, they're saying it's uh, his arraignment, Los Angeles charges of grand theft by embezzlement of public funds and conspiracy to embezzle public funds. So, Robert, they're going to the say grounds
2: is that he got the funds on the basis that he was not secure. he wouldn't have servers with voter data in China. And it turns out he did, okay. according to the indictment.
0: Okay, very interesting. Now, uh, Robert, and yet this t- t- imagine the
2: same day a suit. I mean, TROs are almost never granted. You have a federal judge on the same day rushing in, demanding to signing a TRO, demanding disclosure of information. I mean, I mean, well, what's the grounds for that TRO? A TRO is an extraordinary relief, almost always denied, that seeks emergency injunctive relief that. Can't fix something otherwise. What's his ground to disclose information? This is accelerating discovery, using civil contempt power and emergency injunctive power. He, the judge, is misusing and abusing it. I mean, that's what's happening. The, I mean, it's extraordinary this eager rush to help someone who is a criminal, uh, uh, an accused criminal at this point, who is in fact apparently engaged in questionable conduct concerning China and our election data, and and the federal judge is eager to cover up for him. And say, who is it? Who is it that's ratting these people out? Who is it that's disclosing this? That this was not a fair grounds of a TRO. And now he's saying, if you don't give me the names on Monday, I'm going to lock you up until you do give me the names. I mean, it's extraordinary. By the way, there is an informant privilege. The the judges repeatedly, routinely refuse to disclose or force the feds to disclose informants when that information is necessary frequently In a criminal defense, and here he's demanding all the informants' names be disclosed. What's the emergency injunctive relief based upon? But there's—I don't see any legal grounds. Somebody can find another case where a court in a civil dispute, on the same day the suit was filed, demanded immediate disclosure of information, or you go to jail. You you won't find it. This is a this is this judge is nuts. He's he should have been. We some of these senior status judges need to be required to retire because some of them are just lost their brain well look and and when he's yipping away about how he has more confidential and more classified access than the president or anyone else or as much as them he clearly doesn't belong on the bench but this shows you the disparity of how these courts react if you uh you know uh, for certain institutional interests they rush in for major whistleblowers they rush to attack it's very revealing and very disturbing how this case is unfolding it's just nuts i have almost i very rarely the only time i've ever seen anything this crazy is very we saw variations of in the alex jones case it's a similar kind of dynamic once these courts get used to abusing power they're going to keep doing it keep doing it it's going to be a green light for all of them to
0: do it and i just want everyone to know that robert is not making this up and that he's not inaccurate nor am i Hoyt, the judge, pointed out that as a federal judge, he has the, quote, highest security clearance of anyone in this country. I mean, that, it no, sounds he different. doesn't. No, he does not. And said Engelbrecht and Phillips must divulge the man's identity. Or, That's the- again, if he does, then the 11th Circuit lied and the
2: special master lied. Somebody's lying. Somebody's wrong because the special master 11th Circuit said, no, no, no court could look at this. It, it, the Fed say classified. And this judge is saying, I can look at anything. I have the highest security clearance in the world. Robin, Somebody's wrong.
0: Are, are the two defendants, I mean, they're from Truth and North, and I don't know if you know this or if, if, if you do. They're the anybody. basis
2: of the 2000 and Mules movie, their, their um, research.
0: But are they FBI, were they confidential informants for the FBI, or are they, is that question? What
2: they're saying is that they are part of a FBI, that they have been providing information, both to the Arizona Attorney General uh, and other law enforcement authorities, including the FBI as to election fraud issues. And so now the Arizona attorney general, I, I I told people that guy was a fake. I've been in front of his wife who Trump foolishly appointed a federal judge, not a, a federal bench, not a, another not a good judge. And uh, he lost thank God to Blake Masters in the primary, and he said, "Oh, he's going to get to the bottom of this election fraud." Instead, he is trying to sick the FBI and the IRS also on the 2000 mules people. So the that tells you I mean I mean that so what's going on is they've made out serious allegations that 2000 mules took off and every and and the institutions, including Republican institutions, are enraged at the success of this. And their response is to try to suppress it, to try to go after people reporting it, to try to attack the people who were doing so and weaponizing the legal system as part of that process. The how a federal, yeah, said, uh, this injunction makes no sense. This, uh, this uh, demand of disclosure uh, under pain of contempt makes no sense. I've never seen this happen. Uh, the, it just shows the, uh, and people can go out there and try to find another analogous case. The, I would love to be able to file a suit and say, judge, make him give me all the key information I want right now or put him in jail. We we, we don't do that for a reason. Um, but you know, th- this is I call kind of the Alex Jones case disease courts are just starting to get more and more assertive at just ignoring the limits on their authority. And, uh, and is it really a coincidence that the two people being targeted are the, the prime people behind the most popular movie questioning the election? And is it also a coincidence that they're coming to the defense of someone who's now been criminally charged by a left-wing prosecutor for uh, acti- criminal activities related to the exact substance of the allegations they were making? You'd think the federal judge would be like, hold on a second. Maybe I kind of missed the boat on this one. Nope, not this guy. His arrogance exceeds his competence
0: by a long mile. And Robert, I'm going to read two rumble rants because one is on point. Kitty seven two four two dollars says, love the way you speak the truth, Robert. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll read this one. <laughs> it's a joke. I read where Paul asked David, is that a hammer in your underwear? Or are you just happy to see me? The jokes are starting too early. There's a man who's injured. Uh, but uh, the story doesn't make sense. All right. Um, let's say uh, talking about, you know, senile, uh, potentially um, mentally unfit judges to uh, the family of a deceased former football player suing, uh, who's she suing? I forget the name now, but it's, it's, uh, it's an institution that I'm not all that familiar with. The NCAA, because I'm Canadian. Um, but a former linebacker's family is suing the NCAA, alleging that Uh, Her husband's death at the age of 49 from what was subsequently uh, determined through autopsy to be CTE, uh, brain injury, allegedly resulting from repeated concussions, uh, became a known problem at some point in time. They're alleging that the NCAA failed to take measures to protect the people they were supposed to protect, that they've exploited them, um, that this death was therefore their fault. There hasn't been a uh, it was only the lawsuit, right? There hasn't been a decision in this. Yeah, correct. So, uh, I mean, the, the, suing on the basis that, you know, repeated concussions has now been determined to cause brain injury. Uh, it led to substance abuse in this individual who died of heart failure and you know, other issues on New Year's Eve 2018. Suing the NCAA that they knew and did not take protective measures for it. Robert, what, I mean, what's your take? I've read, the, I've read the for and I've read the against and I've, I'm inclined to think the against the, you know, the, the for the dismissal of the suit or the, for the failure of the suit is the stronger argument that being CTE is only, has only been recently discovered or recently right. determined to be a thing. It can only be determined through autopsy. And so it's not something that can be diagnosed in real time. Any, in, in any event, um, you know, he died of, he was a uh, alcohol and drug abuse, that was ultimately what did him in, whether or not that was a result of self-medication. Uh, what do you think? Stands a chance, uh, a chance in summer or no?
2: Well, I mean, it, it, I, we're going to see more of these because CTE has been, well, CTE itself has been recently discovered. There's going to be questions as to what different institutions, the NFL, the NCAA knew and what investigative actions they took or chose not to take. And whether or not there was any assumption of risk uh, by the player and, and himself. So the uh, uh, but it, there's more and more evidence accumulating that the nature of the phys- it's often not just been concussions. It's like offensive lineman experience. It's people whose heads are shaking like this violently on a constant, continuous basis that that ended up having more health risk than was disclosed at the time. Um, and so I, I think the case is very uphill because courts are going to be un, uh, not likely to allow the cases to pursue. It depends on the nature of the allegations. Can they sufficiently allege the NCAA knew of a substantial health risk that they took no action to remedy? And then uh, whether or not he assumed the risk by the nature of the of playing and, uh, and all of that. But I think what we'll continue to see more CTE cases through the system. And we'll see how they try to resolve it. Uh, it. There'll be the legal side and then the court of public opinion side as to how to. Uh, they've tried to fix this in the NFL a little bit. Uh, famously, this year they had a two a Tua quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. They appears to have played when he shouldn't have and behaved very erratically when he was out physically out on the field. Seemed to collapse uh, on the on the field effectively. And so there's more questions about it. It's where the balance is. So, your your football fan, some of your football fans see this as uh, an attempt to just destroy the sport of football. Uh, Others see it as a concern that the NCAA and the NFL ignored in uh, looking for profit over player health and well being. And we'll see it played out both in the public policy arena, political arena, and in the legal arena. But I think all the cases legally will have difficulty because of lack of clear information that someone can allege that they knew at the time in which these uh, players suffered these particular health consequences.
0: And I would, I mean, especially in this case, you're going to have things like actus novus where, you know, okay, fine. Even if he had CTE, which is chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is, you know,
2: it, it can cause things like alcoholism, drug abuse, criminal behavior. It basically, your brain just doesn't function correctly. and it, And it can trigger a wide range of what look like irrational, like if we've a lot of people seen some of these NFL people kind of go nuts later on in life. Well, it may have a medical explanation. I
0: mm-hmm. will right, we'll see about that. Um Speaking of uphill battles, Robert, but before we do that, there's a good question coming from pool for you. $10 rumble rant. elections coming up. How do I research judges coming up for retirement or retainment?
2: Um, Unfortunately, there really isn't many good. I don't know of any good source at the moment. So you can try to just look up that individual judge, Google, see if anything comes up. There's a site called Robing Room uh, that does some anonymous uh, uh, contributions of people reviewing judges. But even that has limits and it's not used that often these days. So it often doesn't reveal a lot. So it's it's, pro- it's a space where there's probably a need for uh, independent judge reviews to allow people that have been in front of a judge to comment on them anonymously in a politically protected way. The uh, uh, and things like that, uh, because there's very little information out there about judges. Typically, the places where you get most information is a contested state Supreme Court race uh, where those are elected. You tend to get a lot of, uh, you know, information by both sides politically what they think. But a lot of judges, there's uh, not a lot of meaningful review of judges uh, in a way that I think would be necessary to make an informed judgment. So the, uh, that, that information is just currently, unfortunately unavailable. Uh, someone will have to spend a lot of time and effort to try to create that, um, to, to, and you, you would need some knowledgeable legal insight probably into interpreting certain judicial actions, uh, in, in terms of that, because unfortunately, usually lawyers know some lawyers will have had experience in front of a judge will have some sense of them. Uh, But otherwise, it's very hard to find out, get honest information on a judge.
0: All right. Well, uh, okay. man. And and speaking of uphill battles and judges that uh, no comment on the judges, Robert Uh, Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, that white supremacist, uh, Wikipedia describes him as Afro-Cuban. And I don't know if that means African-American and Cuban or if the the Cuban is Afro-Cuban. I don't know what that means. All that I know Pointing it out just because you know the the Proud Boys be are often accused as of being a white supremacist group despite the fact that their leader is quite clearly not white. Um, Enrique Tarrio, he is uh, going to go to trial on his seditious conspiracy charge in D.C. Uh, is making a, a, you know he's making the request for change of venue, and the judge uh, doesn't necessarily seem to go along with it just yet. The judge is saying you got a jury pool of 600,000 people in the DC area. Uh, Your arguments for them having consumed the media would be just as true anywhere else. Uh, Enrique, Enrique Tarrio's side of things is saying, it's not just media consumption. These people lived through the incident. They are victims of it in every sense, road closures, uh, day in, day out security, news issues, et cetera, et cetera. And the judge says you have an uphill battle. Robert, are we are we done with change of venues in America now? Is, is a- uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I,
2: I, I see two different well, three different issues. One is all of these lawyers really need to use the benefit of the polling that Richard Barris, people's pundit, uh, has done. He's done polling on this precise question. And there is a massive, massive disparity on preconceived bias between the D.C. jury pool and any other jury pool, frankly, in the country. And so, in particular, I think he compared D.C. and Virginia. So the uh, uh, Virginia is a Democratic-leaning state, but what you have in D.C. is eighty percent or more presumed guilt. You have way less than half everywhere else. So, but but unless you put that information in front of the judge, you let them get away with saying gibberish and nonsense like this. Uh, oh, there I don't know if there's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, come on, pl- apply common sense. I mean, you know, that, that's like saying nineteen sixties Birmingham. Uh, would be just as impartial a, a jury pool for Martin Luther King as Harlem. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, I mean you know, the, they're saying gibberish because they've convinced themselves of dumb stuff in order to, to allow these cases to continue to proceed in front of a jury that it, pool that is a joke, that has proven itself to be a joke again and again and again and again. I mean, Denchenko walked, you know, and everybody that's on the Democratic side in the D.C. area has walked. Everybody that's on the Republican side has been convicted by a jury, every single one. I mean, how many times do you have to wake up before you figure out what everybody knows that you're just sticking your head in the sand, pretending well, otherwise?
0: But the, the the judge, it's like, it, it can't be disingenuous. It has to be dishonest where he says, okay, we, we got a jury pool of 600,000 know, potential juries. Statistically, 570,000 of them are going to be Democrats. The judge is then going to say, well, this isn't a political issue. This is a crime issue. And he said it, oh my goodness, he said it actually. Either in this hearing or in another one, very, you know, as relates to the ninety percent, ninety five percent, one hundred percent conviction rate for January sixth, very rarely do we have three sixty, you know, twenty four seven, fully documented video evidence of the crimes. Um, uh,
2: they did fully documented evidence of the crimes in both the Denchenko trial and that lawyer trial, and they both walked. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's just uh, so that's part one. But the lawyers need to use the public opinion polling data. I've done this before in venue cases. It's the only way you get a judge's attention and at least uh, preserve the record to show you. And then the magic words are presumption of of guilt, presumption of guilt. The uh, and compare the jury pools with public opinion data that's been done well. That's what Barris did. And if they would use that, they would be in a much better position, at least on uh, to preserve the record and force the judges at least to be somewhat honest. The second issue is is a problem where the judge is correct is the u.s supreme court has gutted the meaning of an impartial jury trial for venue purposes and they did this in the enron cases the enron cases they asked to move the trial out of houston the jury pool was badly contaminated now there the court did such massive extensive uh through massive extensive written questionnaires to an extraordinarily large potential jury pool that you, you 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 know that mitigated the problem but it didn't solve the problem because the what that evidence came back in is you had a jury pool that was overwhelmingly biased against presumption of guilt in favor of presumption of guilt so you clearly have the same if this judge is like well you know you you can only need to find 12 honest people okay let's survey all 600,000 oh, well, we well, well, oh we can't do that well let's survey 60,000 oh we can't do that Let's survey 6,000. Oh, we can't do that. Right. So that's a hypocritical statement by the judge. Right. And you have to call him on it as a lawyer. So, okay, let's send the jury questionnaire at all 600,000. Then I I agree with you. We'll we'll find 12 honest ones to be like, oh, that's too much. Right. So, I mean, that's where he's not being honest. Um, And the but the the Supreme Court gutted the right to an impartial trial and venue in the Enron cases. And but people need to continue to preserve the right to object to that and to moderate that decision highlighting these cases as how abusive they are uh and put it in it is historical correct context i kind of controversially did that in the snipes case um and you know the uh but it got us the jury selection we needed to get a decent jury pool three bad jurors still got on the jury pool so the and then the, the third issue is one i had talked about that Norm Pattis, who now rep- who represented Alex Jones in Connecticut, also represents several uh, January 6th defendants, including Joe Biggs, is now talking about as well. If you read the constitutional language about venue, uh, it's the right to the state and district where the crime committed. Well, tell somebody tell me, is the District of Columbia a state? No, it's not. So the question is, did the Constitution anticipate that DC would never be a place you criminally prosecute. Good argument. It's so. And the argument is DC, you have a right to have the a trial done in, a, in probably this, the vicinity of your home residence, which is uh, uh, always a place they can bring a prosecution, uh, despite wherever the crime occurred, given that the District of Columbia is not a state. And so I think he will preserve that constitutional argument as well. And it's an additional one they should all start to raise because this is a problem as we discussed with Mike Davis of the district of Columbia existing in the first place as an independent federal legal jurisdiction. It shouldn't, they need to get rid of it. Uh, it's uh, it's not what the constitution anticipated. It's not what our founders intended. Having the swamp get to judge the swamp and judge the critics of the swamp is an invitation to political disaster and uh, lack of confidence in our system of governance. And that's what all these trials are doing. I mean, the, the Biden administration thinks all these trials uh, show that their narrative about January sixth is correct what it 's really doing is showing the world that the Janu- that d c is a joke of a political jurisdiction that it 's a hanging jury pool that you 'd find lynching jurors that would be more uh, honest and honorable than you will in the district of columbia and that nonsense about oh the only question is can you put away your bias to uh, judge the facts fairly and da no that 's a ridiculous question. Nobody who is biased will ever say they 're biased. The person who's unbiased but is very self-aware is the person you'll get rid of. You know, the the good jurors is who you'll lose. The bad jurors who you'll get. And judges who keep deluding themselves with this nonsense that they can put us that a juror can put aside a, pre, a uh, presumption of guilt is lying to themselves and to the world and disgracing the Constitution. and How they do it?
0: Well, oh, you put it quite well. When <laughs> the evidence in the Sussman case could not, it could have been classified more accurately, but it could not have been documented more thoroughly, acquittal. Danchenko, I wasn't following quite as closely, but...
2: Case, it wasn't as strong as Sussman, but there was still evidence that he misrepresented a range of things. They let him walk because you knew they were going to because he was anti-Trump. I think that was in Alexandria or D.C. Uh, it was Virginia, but it was D.C. attendant. Uh, and that's the problem. Yeah, you know, There's just no way you can get him. Again, it's like expecting a fair jury and to kill a mockingbird. And, and that's what they have to start. Advocates have to start comparing. It. Judge, you, you want to impanel a two kilo mockingbird jury. If, if that's good with you in the Constitution, so be it. But it's uh, not what the law intended. And it, it disgraces the judicial branch to even have it go through.
0: Oh, Robert. Um, okay. That, that, so we'll follow that. But Enrico Tarrio, he's not getting a change of venue unless something miraculous. They haven't, right.
2: they've, they've denied every single one. They, yeah, they, they and, refuse and, to grant any. And
0: of it. it's the judge who presides that, that denies her. Like, is yeah. there any, I'm going to ask a stupid question. Is there any financial incentive? Is there any professional incentive for the judge not to give up the file other than no. the case itself?
2: No, it, it, it's just that, uh, it's a deference to the government is what it is. Because again, the government effectively picks venue, right? They could, have, they could have prosecuted all these people in their home venue. They've chosen not to prosecute any of them in their home venue.
0: Mm-hmm. Tells
2: you everything you need to know.
0: All right. Now, Sean, A-N-Q-N. And I don't know if that's about a non, but whatever. $2 rumble rant, but I, I, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And it reminds me of something we, I wanted to discuss last week. Curious to know, in the case of VAX injury, can't you sue in their private capacity? Also regarding Judge Overreach, what are, your, what are your thoughts on a color of lawsuit? Thank you both for this. I'm not sure what you mean by the second part, but the, the first part, Robert. And this will just bring us back to something we, I, we, I wanted to discuss last week. Do you have any, um, uh, any opinion or any knowledge on the CDC adding the Rona jab to the schedule of recommended vaccines for, you know, for children? Uh, I think it was Greg Price. I'm fairly certain it might have been Schellenberg. A number of people in the Substacks, uh, Al- Allison Moore had a guest saying the reason that they want to add it is so that they can get permanent immunity, whereby any vaccine injury has to go through the government program. And in order to get that to replace the emergency authorization use immunity, it's got to right. be recommended by the CDC to go on the, the, the you know the updated schedule. Do you have any exactly. knowledge of that?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And and, and it, it's why they've all played all the games they have. So th- it's the reason why they've never had the biologic licensed one available for forever, right? I mean, it's been approved for over a year. And my understanding is that what's give, being given to people is still the emergency use authorized one. And the reason is for legal liability purposes, that as long as they're under the PrEP Act, they have complete immunity and they don't want to go to uh, being outside of the PrEP Act, it being the actual biologic licensed approved vaccine uh, until they're on the kids list, and now they're on the kids list. Now they can release the biologic licensed one because they have uh, immunity under the Childhood Vaccinations Law of 1986. And so the uh, that that that's exactly what it is. I mean, and it was lazy incompetence by the uh, CDC. It shows how what a joke these institutions are. I mean, not only have people figured out that our so-called leading thinkers are not leading thinkers at all uh, throughout the pandemic. I mean, there was a big meta study done by no less than you know Johns Hopkins in part that concluded every lockdown measurement uh, was, it didn't produce anything. And in fact, if anything, produced produce net negative time. effects. Yeah, um, I mean, and they went through all the studies and all the details. And yet all our so-called experts all around the world went along with it. As they pointed out, at one point, every country except a tiny island in the Indian Ocean did it at some point. Every country. And you have to ask, why? I mean, the, uh, it, it tells you our public health authorities are completely broken. Um, and the CDC is the ultimate example of this, and the the, the fact it was fifteen to nothing. I mean, you you have it, especially at this point. How is the COVID vaccine uh, at you know iteration of number three or four or five of of the coronavirus? This vaccine doesn't even work on that. I mean, that's why they're updating it to include other things. How is this an imminent risk to children? Such that it should have ever been added to the list in the first place? It's just nuts. And then people should start asking themselves. How many other drugs, so-called vaccines on that list, don't belong on the
0: kids' You list? know what? That's the, I mean, I, I have never been, <laughs> it's like, the, I, ex, now I understand the expression, extremists aren't born, they're made. I, I understand now deniers are not born, they're, they're made. And now I, if, if I, the way I saw this, 15 to zero, to add the Rona jab, knowing what we know about it, not, not knowing what we don't know, like we didn't know back in 20, 2021, knowing what we know about it, the risk of myocarditis, pericarditis, just, just take that alone, admittedly with, a, with an older demographic. Now that we know, you know, it, it might cause you to bleed heavily for an extended period of time, even though we denied that it would do that a year ago. Adding it to the kids list, I, it makes me now look at everything on that list and say, okay, where else did they do this? If it's happened today, it's not the first time in the history of humankind that it's happened. That's just a rule.
1: Yeah, what,
2: with, what they've what learned else, is, Stick stick the label vaccine, call it for kids on any drug, and you're guaranteed profits and immune from suit. And, and that how- was always a bad idea. And now we're seeing how e- they're so accustomed to, all we got to do is just stick this label on it, and boom, we're in magic land. And it's, it's why the, the law should be reversed. There should be no immunity for drug companies ever, period, end of story, uh, regardless of what the so-called drug is. And, the, and that's especially true here. Um, I mean, it's just revealing. And so uh, we'll see. I mean, I had a response uh, this week that we filed Warner Mendenhall and I on behalf of Brooke Jackson, because the U.S. government had made the extraordinary action to file a request uh, in agreement with Pfizer to have the 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 case that goes to the heart of all of this uh, dismissed. But they didn't seek dismissal themselves. Um, and what it appears is that there's a conflict between the Biden administration and the local U.S. attorney um, that because why didn't they just move to dismiss then? Because it suddenly it's not legally sufficient. And throughout their brief, they make contradictory claims. The U.S. government does. And so it, it's just a desperate effort to make sure this case does. I mean, again, just doesn't get to the discovery stage, right? The court still, if, if we don't prove it, the court can dismiss its summary judgment. And if we're wrong on the, or, and if we're, our evidence is not persuasive, a jury will so find. So this is all about preventing discovery from ever occurring. And what is Pfizer so scared of, so afraid of, so terrified of in that discovery? And so it's, uh, it you know, the, the court has not yet scheduled oral argument on that case. So we'll uh, wait till see to that. Um, the court had made very public statements uh, in the, the proceedings that he would rule on the facts and the law and not be influenced one way or the other uh, by the power of Pfizer. Um, and so we'll, we'll see, because the the I mean, Pfizer's argument is patently ludicrous, in my opinion. I mean, the idea that uh, that the U.S. government, the taxpayers of the American people would write a two billion dollar plus because the money just kept flowing check. To something that was not that was not safe, not effective, and not a vaccine,
0: is, oh, and that and is that kind of absurd, and that they didn't test, they weren't testing for transmission because they were going at the speed of science, Robert.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, the, the, uh, way, uh, we, uh, which we, I mean, again, the, why would the Defense Department write that check? They're claiming that it can't be fraud, even if their drug is not safe, not effective, and it's not even a vaccine.
0: Oh, but here's the thing. Okay, if it's not fraud, Robert, the government would have done it anyhow. Do the people not have a lawsuit against the government? I would not pay my – that's well, not how – That's I-
2: why false claims acts are given to the people, that, that they're, they're not given to the government. I mean, the government can do it, but they're not the exclusive means. That's why when, when, when Congress passed the False Claims Act, it gave the power of ordinary people to bring that claim. Why? Why didn't they just give it exclusively to the government? Because they didn't trust – the executive branch of the United States government, to do so. Now, why is that? It's because most of the fraud that led to the False Claims Act even being passed was with collusion of government bureaucrats. That's why an individual has the right, on behalf of the people, to bring the claim. The American people would not authorize billions of dollars for a drug that's not safe, not effective,
0: and not even a vaccine. It's Robert, it's money laundering. It's just money laundering. Everybody gets their cut and... Albert Bourla gets uh, whatever the heck he needs now. The other guy from <sighs> um, Robert, just, uh, I had, I had Allison on last Sunday and uh, I think something, someone said something inaccurate was said, but I, and I think I have a feeling it was about the vaccine injury program in the States. Uh, yeah. so I, I'm not sure, but let's just get this clear. If you know it, um, you mentioned that 1985 act. And I think that's what it was. Once it gets on, once a vaccine or a jibby jab or whatever the, whatever the hell this is, gets on the recommended schedule from the CDC. Any injury then has to go through the government fund, the government program, and nobody, no plaintiff, no claimant can go after the company itself, the manufacturer of the drug? Uh,
2: that that can be, yeah, that's probably what will happen. So there's some of us, we're going to challenge it. We're going to challenge the PrEP Act uh, as unconstitutional. We're going to challenge uh, the addition of this particular Vaccine. This particular drug mislabeled a vaccine, in my opinion, uh, or the—that's uh, uh, the allegation of the lawsuit for the YouTube censors. <laughs> the uh, well, you um, know what? what
0: Robert? Well, or it's—it's it's, it's just the
2: statement of Pfizer to Europe. Yeah, well, you know, we have no idea whether this prevents transmission.
0: It's—it's it's the statement of Dr. Kieran Moore, chief medical officer out of Ontario. It's a therapeu He called it a therapeutic, not me. Yeah, so
2: that's what it always was, and and uh, and one of doubtful utility for many people that were forced to take it um so yeah but the the that is the common interpretation. i guarantee you that's what the drug companies think put it that way and so that will be contested in court as to does is the scale that broad but like to the rumble rant question could you just file suit in their private capacity the prep act and the childhood vaccination immunizes immunizes everybody uh you know i mean that that's the problem the immunity is so broad um, that it's, it requires you to go to the vaccine injury court is a very difficult court. It's all bureaucrats. It's no jury, uh, limited rights on discovery, limited ability to get evidence presented, limited amount imagine, of damages you can look, collect. Yeah, that's all of
0: doing. it. Yeah. That's I, I imagine that the damages are pennies on the dollar compared to what a private suit could have brought. Um, the
2: drug companies didn't demand it because they, they thought it put them at risk.
0: Hamartix $10 rumble. I used to, do, I used to be a bio researcher in, Academ, I don't know if if he means a, uh, academics or ac- academia. What they have done with this medical product is a disgrace to every ethic I was ever trained in. It is abhorrent. Um, No
2: doubt about that. Hold on. That. Now hold on. I the, uh, that. But I mean, on the positive front, the Maloney government that took over in Italy, uh, first thing they did, or one of the first things they did was get rid of all the vaccine mandates and erase all fines for people who didn't comply with it. So that was a very promising sign from the uh, from another government. And, uh, you know, of course, in New York, the state, it gets confusing because the lowest court in New York is called the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. If you watch a lot of, you know, was it Law and Order? Uh, you, you would have seen that a lot, uh, you know, the Supreme Court of New York. But most people get confused. They think that's the highest court. It's not. It's the lowest court in New York. But that court found that, once again, whenever they've been forced to present evidence, they can't. In any lockdown context, they have it Same as, as in Canada. Right. When they when they had to go to court and present evidence, it ain't there. Well, the so-called science doesn't exist in their evidentiary file. And
0: then all you have to do is rescind, suspend, do whatever, and then moot, dismiss like we had in Canada last week. Um, Exactly. But Um, still a good ruling by the New York court to protect all the New York employees. They're, of
2: course, appealing that up the the, the the food chain. And but do I,
0: I not understand that that Mayor Adams or or the, the New York says we're not respecting the court order now, anyhow? Like basically defining something that?
2: like I mean he's appealing seeking a stay. So uh, but he can't actually ignore the order if a stay is denied by the New York higher courts. But you never know with the New York Higher Courts. Um, but it, it is a sign of the unraveling in in a you know, the law is downstream from culture. Just like politics is downstream from well, That's
0: because law is politics. That's what I've learned over the last four years. Law exactly. is politics. And so
2: the more the court of public opinion raises concerns, this will start slowly but steadily be reflected in the courts that will suddenly wake up to their long snooze on these issues and these rights. And so, the uh, uh, in fact, a major company – uh maybe about to announce a uh a withdrawal of its vaccine mandate policy. So it's a company that name sounds a lot like the Nazi company, Tyson. That's probably maybe it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um but it appears that that there's consideration by Tyson Foods to end their vaccine mandate. Uh, uh with all the loss I, I have suits I have suits or EOC claims. I don't know, a dozen states, something like that. A lot of different people they're representing uh, was, you know, going to keep suing them. Uh, we'll, we'll see if there's a resolution in that regard, but there is some word out from some people uh, that Tyson foods may be about to walk back its vaccine mandate. That's and it was one of the New York times featured him. The Biden administration featured him. Uh, yeah. The lawsuits probably had something to do with it. Uh, and I'd promise to sue them into oblivion and have my ghost come back and sue them later. Uh, I'm not, to taking that back yet, but the uh, but hopefully Tyson Foods does the right thing and uh, offers reemployment to everybody that it uh, that it pushed out ends its vaccine mandate for all employees so no more boosters none of that nonsense, uh, that would be a promising indicator. That even corporate America is starting to wake up to what a debacle and disaster this
0: policy was. Uh, Enough people suddenly passing, and and people have to start asking questions. Now, before we're we're at 20,000 on the nose right now, everyone hit that little plus button um, and drop a comment. Just make the chat go nuts. 20,000 people, everyone, welcome to the party. Uh, And then after this, go over to the salty cracker party and let them know that you're there. Robert, I forgot to ask you coming in. How's everything going? How goes the battle? (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I uh, never got to say good, good. The uh, so that...
0: withdrawal of the chat, um, Robert, so, someone, what, what is, can the prep act in, Robert? Can prep act immunity be bypassed in a state based on separation of powers? That's a $10 rumble rant from N.T. Galen
2: right can now. You, no. I mean, I mean, I mean we're act. looking at suing to challenge its constitutionality in part on those grounds and other grounds. But right now uh, that there's no uh, out
0: Um, and and explain just, and some people
2: have said that willful fraud is not really, you have to get the government's approval.
0: Outrageous. Uh, all right. We're we're running short on time. I think we're, we're doing pretty good, but Robert, let's get to the other big one. That's going to go to the Supreme court, the, um, positive discrimination or just discrimination. As some might say two cases going to the Supreme court for discrimination based on race for admission to university. I know of the Harvard case a little bit better than the other case. Um, just said, more of a direct connection to it. The idea being that Asian applicants were being, uh, do I say penalized, treated less fairly, or other races were being treated more fairly uh, in order to ensure diversity of the student's student body, which led to, you know, it, it, the blog, the articles say, equal, you know, uh, equally qualified students, the, the, the Asian students were being penalized. My understanding was that they were actually sort of uh, penalizing in terms of admission, so making it harder for Asian students to get in, I don't know, for equity. Um, Allegedly violated Title VI. Lower court decision said it didn't. Give us the rundown. What is Title VI? How does this not, if it doesn't violate, I don't know, federal funding to institutions that are not allowed to discriminate, how it just is not unconstitutional, the policy in and of itself? Because the policy is not in question. The policy is there. As far as I understand, explain it. How is it even a question? So it's because
2: the courts backaways said that diversity could be a basis for racial diversity, could be a basis of uh, college application admissions. Uh, but it was basically a temporary compromise on the controversy surrounding affirmative action. So affirmative action went in the early 70s, it was actually a Nixon administration idea in part. And then universities quickly in law schools and graduate schools quickly adopted it. And it's grown into effectively a quota program. And that's what they proved in the in the extensive evidentiary proceeding against Harvard in the Boston Federal Court. And when we discussed it previously, I said that to me it was clear the quotas violated discrimination laws. But the federal judge found an excuse to cover for it. The U.S. Supreme Court has now taken it. and all probabilities, they've only taken it to reverse. Uh, that they're going to likely end quotas and racial diversity as a legitimate grounds to discriminate. Uh, the, as you note, the prime victims of this are not so-called Caucasian Americans. It's overwhelmingly Asian Americans. Uh, Asian Americans, are, if they applied the same standards, regardless of race, basically Harvard would have almost three times as many Asian students as it currently does. And so now one can argue about whether those are good standards and metrics for, for you know, getting men. But it's it's Harvard's metrics aside from the race denominator And what happens is uh, now there's still issues with legacy admissions and a lot of other donor based admissions and things of that nature. But putting that aside, I, I, the, the racial discrimination is, to me, unconstitutional. Uh, race neutrality is what we should have been aiming for. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't include somebody's life story as a pertinent factor for admissions. And like Wisconsin Law School, when I went there, had chosen that as its metric. That metric led to uh, a pretty racially diverse uh, admissions pool but uh, of kids who are admitted. Uh, but it was predicated upon unique life stories. So you weren't just as, you know, years ago, Professor Gates, who teaches at Harvard, A prominent African-American professor said, if we were writing about affirmative action at the Ivy league, the story would not be straight out of Brooklyn talking about the movie. It would be straight out of Brookline talking about the very privileged upper middle-class suburb of Harvard. That has become more and more true. It wasn't always true say in 1975 or even 1995 when, you know, some of these court decisions came in, but it's definitely true now. I mean, now the, in fact, I remember at different places I've been, including at Yale, if you were African-American, you were likely to be wealthier than the average student at Yale. Um, so it's like, OK, who exactly are we protecting here? Now, I always called it what would happen if you'd given Nate Tur- Nat Turner a scholarship to Harvard, Nat Turner being the one of the leaders of a great slave rebellion in Virginia. Uh, it's that, you know, you buy off the elite elements, uh, the upper middle class privileged elements of an otherwise potentially dissident political community. And you co-opt their leadership against the interest of their own community, potentially. So I I think, frankly, that's what's happened with affirmative action. And so it's become a way of propagating privilege and wealth within a lot of these communities. Uh, It's not serving working class Puerto Ricans or working class African-Americans or working class uh, Mexican-Americans or and definitely not serving working class Asian-Americans who are the predominant group discriminated against. Um, And so the uh, I think it's always been a bad educational policy. But I think, from a constitutional perspective, it's never been constitutional, and I think the Supreme Court is uh, my prediction. Is the Supreme Court will, in fact, find it's unconstitutional and will finally end quotas in college admissions.
0: How, uh, practically speaking, I forget how were they doing it? Were they literally asking on your application, race, Asian, Black? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do- oh, yeah, oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, the funny thing is, like, they ask it on our on our bar registration when we renew every year. I was like, I, first of all. I, I'm white. Do you want? Am I supposed to put in religious minority? Like I, I don't want. I don't want preferential treatment, and I don't want punishment. I, it's irrelevant. It should be. I don't even know why they oh. ask it.
2: Maybe for counting. And then you have stats. people like Elizabeth Warren getting affirmative action, right? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. she's she Native had, American.
0: Yes, for high cheekbones, Robert. I, I didn't even know that that was a, a stereotype of, of Native Americans. Statistically, less Native American than a random American. That's that's the, that was the irony of that story. All right. So, I mean, it it is, it is terrible. Um, And I, and I knew, you know, I knew, I knew people was like, I I don't want to mention that I'm Asian when I apply now, because I'm going to get penalized for what, for it's, 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 it's not just race-based discrimination. It's race-based discrimination based on racist stereotypes. I mean, that's what it is. Like they have to be privileged. Therefore we have to penalize them to, to make up for another group, which we think are not as, I mean, all terrible wrong, wrong through and through. We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and, and,
2: and I and I think it's never been about what they claimed. It's never really been about racial diversity. Uh, it, it's been about co-opting a privileged group of people within dissident communities in the United States, in my opinion. And that that again, straight out of Brookline, and I'm quoting Henry Louis Gates. So that that that's the reality of Harvard's affirmative action in many other places too. And if people are concerned with making sure people get equal opportunity and deal with that so-called actual privilege, then that should be life story driven. People can write essays and look at their life story. Mm -hmm. And if somebody overcame more obstacles, yeah, that is the reason to believe they'll be a better student than someone who didn't have to overcome any obstacles. Now, I'm not uh, I'm not a big fan of elite education to begin with. I think this yeah, the the, we, we create an arbitrary limit and say this group of people is more special than the group right next to them, often that's complete garbage. I mean, I went to school at Yale, and there was nothing special about those kids at all, aside from the fact most of them should be nowhere near positions of power.
0: A lot of people there say formerly known as racism. I mean, <laughs> divide and conquer. All right, Robert, uh, what else have we missed? We're uh, running low on time, but what other, have we missed any of the big suits? Let me take a look at the locals poll. Pelosi, affirmative action. Oh,
2: um, the big First Amendment right to watch drop boxes. Oh,
0: yes. OK, you, you have to do this one because I'm not I'm not up to speed on it.
2: So in Arizona, a group of people after watching 2000 Mules decided they were going to organize volunteers to observe uh, activity at drop boxes to see if they could see people placing more ballots in the drop boxes than they're legally entitled to or seeing somebody do so repeatedly. No, know, they drop two off and the next day they're back for two more and so forth. Taking down driver's licenses, things like that. And they publicly announced their intention to do so in the evident hope to deter uh, illegal mule activity. In Arizona, outside of from very few limited exceptions, you can't deliver somebody else's ballot. And so uh, if you see somebody dropping off, you know, they wanted to do 2000 meals live. And so that's what they did. Uh, the Democrats got enraged, and so Democrats filed suit, claiming it was a Ku Klux Klan Act violation and was somehow voter intimidation, um, which was utter gibberish. The and then so the uh, the federal court looked at it and said that uh, even if it had the effect of deterring people somehow from voting, which was far from clear, which there was no evidence of that the it's free it's first amendment protected activity because only true threats are outside of the first amendment activity and they said he's like none of this is true threats this is he actually cited 2000 mules he talked about it extensively so now it's officially part of the court record dinesh d'souza's film its public impact is now part of the court record public record and the and 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 uh identified as you have a first amendment right to gather news, you have a first amendment right to report news, you have a first amendment right to receive news, you have a first amendment right to uh, videotape and publicize public events and putting in your poll putting in your ballot at a dropbox is exactly such an event. Um, just like you could monitor people walking in and out of a voting booth or or a voting precinct and the rest. There are certain you have to be 75 feet away and certain rules like that that are comparable to polling rules. No none of this, of course, would be an issue if they would just get rid of drop boxes. Drop boxes are the problem. Make, make people go into the precinct to deliver the ballot too hard, um, and too or hard. Or, to, or vote there you know and so but the so the court said no, you have a First amendment right to do this. You have a first amendment right uh, to participate in this way, to gather, to associate, to report, uh, to surveil, to inform, et cetera. And that that first Amendment right as there was no true threat here, nothing that took away that first Amendment right. So, it not only provided that for Arizona, I'm sure the Democrats wish they never would have sued because now they've established something they thought they could get around. But it's now a precedent that other people can look at and cite in other cases anywhere else in the country because you're entitled. I mean, and the other irony with all this is all these drop boxes are supposed to be under surveillance anyway, video, constant, continuous video surveillance anyway. And it tells you a lot that Democrats are paranoid. I mean, what honest voter? Is going to be bothered by somebody sh- seeing that they dropped off their ballot, right? I don't think an honest voter is going to be concerned with that. I think who's going to be concerned with that is somebody who's up to no good who now realizes they might get caught trying to pad the ballot box.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, I say, I mean, I can understand people don't want to be recorded, but, yeah, it, it, but you are he, when
2: you walk into a precinct. There's all kinds of people around. There's political people a hundred feet outside. There's, People yelling, screaming. There's all kinds of activity. Ah,
0: there, was a, there was a New York ad so that they, they, said they're going to vote in their underwear. People want to vote from their living room. They want to vote multiple times from their living room. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I mean, And, and that is, I mean, that's a state issue, but to the extent it's a First Amendment constitutional issue, that will have the same uh, – it will have uh, – Everywhere. Was, his, his basis
2: was on U.S. constitutional First Amendment standards. And it, it's a good I, – I, I think I put it up. Maybe I didn't yet. I think I put it up at Viva Barnes Law dot locals.com if i didn't it'll be up there soon enough um and the uh put up a bunch of stuff there t- today but the uh because it was good at, at a recitation of all your first amendment rights that people forget about people forget that you have a first amendment right to gather news you have a first amendment right to receive information uh people forget about all those things
0: uh, uh, unless you, you have that right unless you're julian assange alex jones to some extent who yes. else who, who are the other ones Robert, but you, you reminded me I've got, we've got, I, I've got to do a better job at letting everybody know, anybody who wants merch, by the way, and I'll bring up the one that everyone loves, Never in Writing, Always in Cash, a Robert Barnes classic. VivaFry.com to get all of your merch. Uh, and uh, I'm going to read an Ambalancy, Ambalancy, Ambalancy 95, $20 rumble rant, beautiful purple color. It says, please accept my tuition payment for the excellent education I am receiving. Viva Barnes, Viva Barnes University. Um, exactly,
2: right. the best university out there, <laughs> and we don't discriminate based on race. And, we're not, a, and we're not
0: a university. Don't let, we're not a university. No credentials. No credits.
2: Um. <laughs> the only credentials that matter: the uh, uh, quality, intelligence, and above-average information. But the the other big case on election context was the Republican National Committee sued the sued Google because apparently Google every single month at the key time for fundraising, and uh, the uh, all Google's. I would accidentally send all of the RNC emails that were sent out to their donor list, to their spam file. And it kept happening month after month, after month, after month that, right. Cause everybody basically on the eve of the month, because for, for political reasons, for quarterly reporting reasons, for a range of reasons, that's their sort of peak fundraising time. That was the time when Google kept burying their uh, RNC emails into the spam box. And so they filed suit uh, on grounds that it violates a range of California laws. And and one of the and what's interesting is which case they cited the most throughout the complaint. It's the Fifth Circuit case we discussed. That's the, one of the most thorough uh, one out there. I, I think that loser Hogue, that uh, law tuber Hogue, was like, oh, I don't think that case is very good. Stick to whatever little area of law you do, my friend. Don't mess with the other areas. It's outside your expertise. The uh, So, the it, in fact, you look at the case. It's a very well-thought-out case, very well-detailed case. People can read it for themselves, Fifth Circuit case. But it was cited because it pointed all the analogs. And what was really good about the complaint, co-filed by Har- uh, Harmeet Dillon. Um, uh, who's representing Adriana Jacob now in the yeah. New York defamation case At, against Taylor Lorenz. And
0: uh, her partner, Ron Coleman, everyone should go to his uh, YouTube yeah. channel, representing Nate, the lawyer against Christopher Boozy. That lawsuit has oh, been split. I didn't
2: know that. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. yeah good. good. Uh, uh, maybe. Is that the case Coleman said he wanted us to promote or tell people about?
0: It is the case that he said, if you're going to, we're going to break it down and we're going to to direct people to Ron Coleman's YouTube channel where oh, they that, discuss that it. it and, and Ron Coleman, I th- I'm going to be on his next his next published podcast, I think. So Ron right, cool. Coleman, everybody, uh, the lawyer. Yeah, but, here.
2: Good, good case. And what it is it, point that like, apparently Western, I had forgot this in part until the Fifth Circuit case reminded everybody. Uh, but it, this suit also details it. Western Union has to used to do this. So in Western Union, for, that the origin of many common carrier laws all derived from Western Union abusing their near monopoly power over the telegraph to to censor dissident speech and to politically favor one group over another one party over another one candidate over another and that's where a lot of these laws came from and there's versions of it this is the common carrier laws there's public accommodation laws uh, the Under Act in California uh, several other laws that limit google's uh, also consumer fraud laws because what Google is doing is saying, please use our email service. We won't be politically discriminatory in how we uh in, in your ability to send and receive emails. And yet that's exactly what they're doing. So it's a form of consumer fraud. So all of those claims now brought against Google, uh, it shows the degree of political I mean, when you talk about voter manipulation, election manipulation. Okay. Google was even suppressing voter uh get out the re- get up the vote emails. Uh vote you know like here I'm I'm reminded constantly somehow on my phone by democratic groups of of hey your ballot's not in yet hey your 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 ballot's not in yet uh, i wonder exactly how they have all this information but you know it is what it is the uh, uh uh and i'm getting it if i go on tiktok if i'm on facebook if i'm on youtube if i'm getting these messages all over the place getting them if i go to any site the internet bombards me something with it this is real voter manipulation and and, and other activities here they are suppressing Get out the vote efforts. And here's Google doing it. This is systematic election interference by big tech. Uh, so it's a big case for how that all ultimately filters out.
0: It sh- it sh- it's, it's, it's a donation in kind. It has monetary value. And, and so people in the chat on Rumble were saying, yeah, they, they, they just got a, a text from Fetterman asking for support. But yeah, there's glitches. Uncle Festerman? All- you mean Uncle Festerman? <laughs> no, I, I can't. I, I can't make fun of him because I feel terrible for him. Robert, did you watch that debate? Hey, hey the
2: they, they want him to be United States senator. I, I never oh. feel bad for any dude that wants to be United States senator. If you no, want to be no, no, United no. States senator, you're not allowed to be an incompetent.
0: Well, and, and Dr. Sanjay Gupta, staked he didn't stake his reputation, but said is fine. He, it's only his ability to formulate sentences, not comprehension, based on interviews and videos. But I haven't seen the medical records yet. Uh, Robert, I think we've done one heck of a banger episode here. This is, uh, this is, this is glorious. What do we have on for this upcoming week?
2: Uh, I was just going to double check that we covered. Yeah, we well, got what, it all. What? I mean, briefly about the Brooks verdict. Oh, please. I, I, didn't, I didn't care too much. I mean, I think that guy's still nuts. Now, I thought he was guilty, but I didn't think he was competent to defend himself at trial. Now, And those are three different layers of standards. Competence to stay in trial competence to self-represent at trial though the two are interrelated and then uh whether you were insane at the time of the crime which i saw is very different yeah um but i mean i think anybody who watched that trial does anyone really think that guy was competent to defend himself
0: i don't know robert i, I think he i i, I would pay I mean, you think as he a, maybe
2: did it deliberately but would you call that a comp a good legal strategy what he did
0: no i think the guy is a, a pathological narcissist a sociopath i mean the, the guy thinks he's he 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 but he
2: acted against his own self-interest in representing himself doesn't that raise
0: questions of competence it's fair enough but i people are entitled to harm themselves if they want to be idiots but um no <laughs> I, I just i just watched i mean i couldn't get over the demeanor i mean it's a, a classic manipulative um narcissist thinks he thinks he's god almost quite literally alluded but to the like fact that
2: ted bundy at least was good in his self-defense
0: I I didn't see that, but look, there are good. Brooks
2: Brooks was from day one. I'm going to antagonize the judge, say a bunch of crazy stuff, have witnesses embarrass me, try to do dumb stuff in front of the jury that gets me scolded. That guaranteed I I mean, he was probably always going to get convicted, but uh, the because he did the crime, but the that was uh, a an embarrassment of representation. Well, and it's just my question is is that now I don't know whether we should give courts the power. To declare him incompetent because that's dangerous. You superimpose a lawyer on someone who doesn't want that lawyer, and and the courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's who do you trust the courts with that power? But I don't. Uh, I still. And people confused. I was not saying he was. Uh, he should be found not guilty by reason of insanity. No, I didn't I, believe I, that. was the case.
0: I, I, no, I didn't. No, nobody really listened and thought that. But people yeah. just say he he looks functional and he looks like you know. Capable. Well, it depends on how
2: we measure competence. Like at least the legal definition is supposed to be intellectually contribute to your own defense. And I just didn't see that. I saw somebody who's in his own little world, so far in his own little world that he's got all these little tricks he thinks are genius that are clearly not. Grounds
0: grounds. I mean the grounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mean exactly. I mean
2: clearly it's just I didn't see a competent representation. I didn't think he was competent to represent himself. I don't know what the solution to that is because I don't like the courts having the power to overrule that. Um and so, but that I didn't watch a lot of the trial. I it, it was, I, I, it I didn't a, take him it, seriously.
0: In well, that's it. There, there, it was not. It was not a learning experience. It was a, It was I say entertainment value. It was. It was. It was. It was a, it was a freak show. I mean, you're watching a freak show, but a, the most horrific base that you've ever seen. But when you compare him to Bundy, yeah, Bundy was a lot more competent from what I know. I mean, I didn't. I didn't yeah. experience it firsthand. But Bundy also got away with it for a lot longer. I mean, that's the difference between the okay. the, the good psychopaths and the bad ones. But
2: but he was actually both he was both at times uh spontaneous and planned. he was unusual in that regard as sociopaths go, but he struck me as someone uh more more incompetent uh, uh still bad person but incompetent more so than uh than than Bundy or others um but I don't know what the solution to that situation right. is necessarily constitutionally now, in terms of the death penalty case in Florida oh, the park uh, from uh, Missouri,
0: cruz yeah and yeah.
2: Yeah, the I mean, it appears there was some dispute between the jury. Uh, my understanding is in Florida, you have to have a unanimous verdict for the death penalty, yep. or it defaults to life in prison. Um, the, I mean, if there was any case that seemed clearly a death penalty case, he seemed like it. So my guess is that people who got on to the panel probably have a problem with the death penalty. Period, and plenty of people do. Um, you know, Matt, uh, uh, you know, uh, Matt and the blonde. I mean, there's people on the right that do not necessarily out of moral qualms, but more out of distrust of the state that, you know, the death penalty. If if if, what happens if they turn out to be wrong, what if they killed an innocent person? So I understand that that concern. I don't have any problem with it in principle. It's just do you trust the government or not? But the uh, to be accuracy in these cases. But at the I don't have any thoughts beyond that on the Parkland case. Uh, I, I was surprised at the verdict, but it must mean during jury selection, they got some people that probably are, just didn't disclose their hostility to the death penalty. One way they manipulate those juries, the government, is they require you to support the death penalty to get on the jury. And that's always a much more pro-government jury. So that that's one of the reasons they often will even request
0: it in the first place. They get to manipulate the jury pool in their favor. I see. the I, I have in my life turned against the death penalty on the one hand for fear of executing an innocent person. And also, compa- I compare my my country, myself, to a country that I would not want to replicate. And by and large, countries that have the death penalty, uh, you know, they're, they're not countries that you you want to emulate in other respects. And so that's sort of a, a guiding rule. Grunt167 says, incompetent. Did you see that box it for a $10 rumble rent? And Robert, uh, other people in the chat are saying, hold on. Lula seems to have won in. Uh, oh, I lost the chat. Oh, Lula, in Brazil. Yeah, in Brazil. Uh, Lula, it it was very
2: close, but I think Lula. The odds were the odds were moving in his favor, so that that wouldn't surprise me. Lula's got a, a pretty deep base of support there in Brazil. Well, um, they've, they've more, more of a full... legitimate, you know, left populist uh, against Bolsonaro's right populist. But Bolsonaro made a good run of it,
0: even if he did come up short. But was yeah. that was was um was Brazil was that like the last non-socialist holdout of South America, or is there at least one more now?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I, I, I mean think, uh, I
0: think it was among the last. But
2: yeah, it could be. It could be. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, they uh, uh that that is interesting. KCOT. The and then the only other verdict is the uh, there was a build the wall conviction. That's the case that there was a mistrial, and so they retried him. I have problems with retrying after mistrials, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the uh, New York jury pool, so they convicted him. To my knowledge, I had never yet seen any so actual victim step forward. I haven't heard of anybody who said, I wouldn't have given the money uh, had I known some percentage of it would go to the founders. So instead, what they had was some embarrassing internal text and things like that. Uh, and hey, look, they used the money for this personal thing or that personal thing. So what if the donors still would have given the money? I mean, that, and what is the Southern District of New York? All these people had no ties to the Southern District of New York. So this was uh, another venue abuse, another prosecutorial abuse, another dubious case that a court refused to clean up even after the first mistrial. Uh, I don't know if it will be fixed on appeal. And you, may say, and you may see another crazy sentence like the Steve Bannon sentence, but this one would be much longer potentially, uh, of someone where nobody claimed fraud except the government.
0: I'm trying to see how many years he hasn't been sentenced yet. No, no, no. just he was just convicted,
2: fine. but up to 20 years.
0: That's yeah, outrageous. It's outrageous. It's period. Yep. Robert, we've done it again. Who, who do we have on for Wednesday? Do we know for a side? Oh, one?
2: yeah. Justin Hart uh, has got a new book out. He's one of the big people that was a critics of the COVID lockdowns. Okay, so that'll uh, so, be fun. Uh, Justin
0: Hart. All right. Awesome. And your appearances this week, where are people going to see you?
2: Uh, uh, actually, I th- do I have something? I have something scheduled, but I don't know what it is. So, uh, Tuesday night, 730 live Eastern time with Richard Barris on what are the odds we'll do on, uh, uh, this, we may even do another one on Thursday, depending on the circumstances since the election day is just a w- about a week away. Uh, we'll see oh, what happens uh, there. We'll be discussing that almost all the odds have moved in, in the direction that, uh, of the picks that we've, uh, made. So that, that's been interesting to to watch. But awesome. other, otherwise, just some bourbon with barnes at
0: vivabarneslaw.locals.com. And everybody should know if you want to support, forget super chats, forget rumble rants, but we appreciate them. law.locals.com It's seven bucks a month or 70 for a whole year. The nope. best source of knowledge, entertainment, and community you'll find on the interwebs. Viva Uh yes, we've done we've done good, Robert. I'm going to... Nah, uh, we're going to get cut off a little early. I guess I don't have a video lined up. Go check out uh, Salty Cracker still out. Play- Man, Salty Cracker put on a good one yesterday about Paul Pelosi. Edgy, pushing the envelope. Uh, but my goodness, it seems that that's what you have to do these days to wake people up and open their eyes. But everybody, stay tuned. We'll be around. Malone, Tuesday, should be there during the day. Robert, will see if you can make it in for that. Um, Wednesday, sidebar, we've got it. I'll be covering the emergencies act, uh, inquiry all week doing the same thing I did last week, running it simultaneously with daily streams. So stay tuned, all good things, everybody. Thank you all for being here. See you tomorrow. Peace.